What's up, What's witches? What's up, witches? Well, you know, we're rusty. We're kind of rusty at that. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. What's up, witches? Should we try it again? <laughs> yes. Okay, ready? Three, yeah. two, one. What's, What's up, up, witches? witches? <laughs> we are, we're just, we're off. It's been way too long. It's been way too, It's it's been, it's, so here's what happened. So I was not, <laughs> I mean, I was not appropriately fearful of the Nog. And the Nog ate me and <laughs> would not let me record with you. And, uh, yeah. you know, just very recently, my level of fear of the Nog became appropriate enough for us to be allowed to do this again. You just, you have to accept the Nog, embrace the Nog. Fear the Nog. Learn, fear the Nog, but also learn to live with the Nog instead Indeed. of against. Yes. Go with it. Go, go with the Nog. Go with the Nog. Go with the Nog. Yes. I need that on a t-shirt. Go with the Nog. <laughs> just go with it. Hi, Velma And there would be about 20 people who would understand your t-shirt. <laughs> Hello, Velma Nightshade. As you sip a coffee. Hello, Firelight. Yes, I'm sipping my coffee. I, oh, in my Wicked Witch coffee You will mug. appreciate my giant mug that I now have of coffee. That's oh, I do. That's so nice. Resting yes. Witch Face. That's yes. great. It's so perfect for I love me. it. <laughs> that's fantastic. I got it for like it's, a dollar at, at the evil Walmart. It's ugh. it's too early, even though it's not early. <laughs> no, it's a little after 10. Uh, Normally, I've been at work already for three hours by now, ugh. but... Oh, I yeah, know. it's still too, yeah. it's too early. Uh, so, uh, witches, we are back. We have resurrected Iabaha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I, I think uh, just to kind of go ahead and do the business of letting you know how we think this is going to work for the time being. Um, <laughs> we don't know. I'm just going to tell you right now. We, we don't know. We don't know, but we definitely... We have a hope. Yes, we have a hope that we would like this to at least be a quarterly show. Yes. If things happen in between those quarters, super. And I know that that means there's only four shows a year, but to be fair, four shows a year is a whole heck of a lot more than you've gotten from us in the last two <laughs> calendar years. Yes. And yes. we tend to put out really long episodes when we get on. We do. Oh my God. We talk together. forever. So it's ridiculous. we feel like being able to say, a quarterly show between the two of us. The two of us can find a way to record. I don't think that you guys fully appreciate. We are in different states. <laughs> very, mm -hmm. sometimes very different weather patterns, very different work schedules. Uh, this, yes. I mean, and... Although that has calmed down. For both that of us. That has actually calmed down for both of us. Yes. I mean, weekdays, crazy busy, not yes. a chance in hell. And but weekend. weekends are a little bit, yes. a little bit more loose, finally. Yes. Yeah. Because somebody... Is not in retail this holiday oh my season. God, it's just—it's the best thing in the whole wide world. Literally. Did you go Black Friday shopping? Oh hell no! <laughs> hell no! God, no. I didn't know if you would go to to support your your fellow brethren and no, and be staying you know, home and be a good customer staying so that they home, have at least one. Staying home supports my fellow brethren. I will I will order online or I will go during a non busy time to to purchase my my wares. But yeah, no, I oh, oh, oh. I still have a little. Black Friday PTSD a little bit. Just, <laughs> you probably will forever. I probably will forever. It's it's yeah. rough stuff. 
uh, <laughs> but both of us have had uh, some really wonderful luck in in career stuff and uh, job things. So congratulations to you as well. I don't know that you, you've never been quite as open about uh, job stuff on the show, but I just want to say I know that you are very happy these days. So congrats. I, I am very happy and I am anticipating being even happier and um it's it's not so much that, you know, I, I don't want to talk about my job because anybody who actually knows me in real life knows that I would talk about my job literally forever. <laughs> um, but if I were to start to tell you about it, then I would have to kill you. And uh, I don't really, <laughs> we're, we're not going to go there. So please don't kill me. But yes, <laughs> but yes, thank you. I, 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 I won't kill you. It's too far a drive in this weather. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I kind of feel like uh, if you wanted me dead, the drive wouldn't necessarily be standing in your way. No, this is true. This is true. <laughs> Although I don't have four wheel drive anymore, which does make a difference. But and, well, I just I mean, either either something would just happen or one of the various Velma Nightshade uh, fan people would would carry out that request for you. <laughs> You think I have a mob uh, possibly. at my disposal? <laughs> possibly. I mean, I think. Well, I don't know. You you did not you did not make it to uh, my Halloween party, so I did not have a chance to gather hair, I, which I, I was really looking forward to. But I did not. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Um, so uh, we have been out of the loop for uh, about two years. There's been a lot that's happened in the pagan community. Uh, in the last there has yes Yes. i've like see this is where i really end up feeling like i'm a horrible person because i don't know because i sort of have i don't want to say i've distanced myself but i haven't like i've had so many other things that i've been doing just on my own that i haven't really been paying attention like there have been a few things that i may have caught part of on facebook or on twitter or something but but I don't know. So you're going to have to enlighten me on well, what's been going on because I don't know. And, you know, actually, I think that it's, um, uh, you know, a, what you just said is actually a really good lead in to what I wanted to talk about today. And I'm going to talk about this on my show a little bit, too. But I definitely think this is a wonderful way for us to kind of get back into conversation with one another. Um, so the author of Jailbreaking the Goddess, Lasara Firefox Allen. Uh, you probably know her name. Um, she did a book about 10 years ago called Sexy Witch, and she's recently put out a book called Jailbreaking the Goddess, which is amazing, and all about a very feminist, modern, almost political take on paganism, which I don't know why I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I can't think of any possible reason. <laughs> um, but she recently put a post up on Facebook, and I asked her if I could uh, requote it with permission. She said, Absolutely. Um, and she said, uh, hey, lefties and radicals, um, let's make room for folks not doing everything perfectly. What I see is that those who are new to ra radicalization are being schooled so often that they leave instead of being uh, becoming empowered to continue on the path. I'm not saying that we need to make room for white tears or that we must co-sign people's frailty. However, making fragility a sin is removing our humanity. What if instead of shutting down fragility, we as a movement made space for it? There need to be places where it is safe to be wrong, to take action imperfectly and still be welcome to arrive at the conversation at whatever state we are capable of reaching. Expecting perfection from beginners will kill this movement. Hell, expecting perfection in general will kill it. None of us are perfect. 
And I think that that's a really good way for us to come back to inciting a brouhaha. Um, because I think one of the things that we've always been an advocate of is, is one of the phrases that the Jews used to use uh, all the time is do the stuff. And I think in our community, generally speaking, not necessarily um, in, in a political way, but definitely in a spiritual way, in a research way, in, in uh, many different ways, I think that we expect perfection and then we look down at, at imperfection. You know, we really um, shut people down if they haven't read the right books or, uh, you know, done things in the right way. And I think that I think that this, you know, could potentially deserve some conversation. Um, so, Velma Nightshade, yes. what, what, what do you think about uh, treating the beginner group or the folks that, that want to be involved in stuff with, with, I don't know, maybe a little bit less of an expectation of perfection? Well, uh, anybody who expects perfection from the beginning is clearly not being realistic. But I think it in as much as <clears throat> excuse me, in as much as the responsibility is on those who are more experienced to help guide, um, it is also the responsibility of the new people to not act like they're perfect. <laughs> and that's that's what gets me. I have no problem with with people who are new and starting out and naive and excited and uh, you know I mean we we all went through that at some point but I think the key is as a beginner you also have to recognize that you are a beginner mm -hmm. and that there are things that you don't know and you need to be willing to learn and and willing to listen to el the perspective of elders. And as elders, you need to be respectful of the fact that this is someone who is just starting out, they're just learning, they may not be on exactly the same path that you are, but that you can help educate them in a way that is, respect has to go both ways. It's, it's, not, it's not just on those of us who have been doing it for a long time to respect the new. It's also on the new to respect the work and the time and the thought and the, the practice that has gone into becoming an elder. But I definitely think we need more respect on both sides. Absolutely. Um, and I think that this, this kind of conversation doesn't necessarily speak to the 101 intro pagan. I think that this is maybe somebody that might have been on their path for a little while. This is more of a 201 person, somebody that really, I, I feel, you know, has has been doing their best to, to do some research. And, and the best way they know how is like most of us did, you know, they go to the bookstore, they go to the library, you know, and they, they read the books that are there. And those of us mm -hmm. that have been on the path a little while longer than that, uh, or have delved a little more deeply into some of these spiritual subjects, maybe know that the New Age section at Barnes & Noble isn't the best place to get a very well-rounded pagan education. But well, it depends really also on, I mean, it does depend on what's available. Sure. Um, which what is primarily available is not necessarily, I mean, there there are good things out there in pagan literature right now that aren't the flashy 101, here's how to be a witch, here's everything you need to know to become a powerful whatever, um, that are actually, I don't know, in, in the last couple of years, 
my focus has shifted a little bit into really doing more of that sort of deep inner work that most people give lip service to, but I think it's it that's actually really difficult to do. And once you start to get into it, a lot of people sort of go, "Ooh, that's scary. That's that's shadow stuff." I yeah, that's you know, not that you know, not that ooh, it's scary magic, but it's just it's scary to get to know yourself at that level. There are several good books out there right now that will help you get there. And even though they're not the flashy, here's how to be a witch books, I think those are the kinds of things that can help you along your path, wherever your path is leading you, a great deal. But they don't necessarily get the same press and the same flash as the spell books. And, you know, and that's the thing. Those may not be as readily available. They're out there. But that's part of the problem as well. And we can't really fix that. <laughs> but, you know, it's just going to the library is not necessarily sticking to the sticking to the metaphysical section may not be the best approach. No, and and I, I hold up Jailbreaking the Goddess as an example, because it is actually published by Llewellyn. And I was very shocked and impressed that they put out a book that discussed intersectionality and politics and feminism and w- with a, with a very frank, very open, very raw, uh, uh, you know, bent. And I was, I was really impressed with that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, and I think that this is, is hitting home with me because, you know, on Facebook, just kind of the last couple of weeks, I've just kind of noticed and and I'm sure that it's just because this has been on my mind. It's like whenever, uh, you know, you buy a yellow car, all of a sudden you see yellow cars everywhere or something like that. You know, it's <laughs> uh-huh. they might have always been there. It's just all of a sudden you're noticing them. So I guess it's probably just on my mind, which is why I've noticed it. But, you know, on, on social media, I see a lot of folks that are saying things like, you know, oh, well, if you don't know who this deity is, then pff, you can't call yourself a you know, practitioner of uh, voodoo, or you can't call your, and that was actually a big conversation in the last few days on, on Facebook that I witnessed. <laughs> I did not engage. I think you'd be very proud. I did not, not engage. I am proud. I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked actually to but, hear that you didn't, you didn't bite that. But you know, I, I mean, and these are conversations that I see come up from time to time. Oh, well, if you don't know X, then you can't call yourself a Y. And I'm like, right. Okay, Terrence. You know, you're, you're just don't, I don't know. I I feel like we do too much of this as a community. And I feel like we do too much of this as a culture as well. But I I think that speaking to it in the specific of of paganism is, is appropriate, especially for people that, that are doing, I I feel like these are people I feel like the people we're speaking about are doing this stuff or they're trying to do this stuff. And as soon as they meet other pagans, and they sh- and and they talk about the stuff they've been doing to get shut down. Well, and I mean, this is not new. This is no. a discussion that we've been having forever because this is what instigated the whole "Am I pagan enough?" Yeah. conversation, which went on forever, and it's still going on. And it, I'm sad to say, it probably always will because, as a society, especially in America, we are set up to think that our way is the right way and we tend to associate with people who think, feel, and believe as we do. And we don't tend to allow for a lot of variation in our immediate social settings. One of the things that social media does is it exposes us to a lot of different viewpoints. 
Um, in fact, before social media, I don't think we really had, I mean, possibly chat rooms, news groups, that kind of thing, but not to the same extent, not to the same extent of putting an opinion out for the world to see and immediately getting either backlash or support. And it could be a very positive thing for us as a community. But right now, it seems to be at least balanced, if not outweighed, by the negative, the backlash, the you know, the, the people who don't want to accept that there are other people in the world who do things slightly differently. And I think since we do not have a governing body, we do not have a text, we do not have a something. I no, mean, I thought you and I were we, in charge. <laughs> I, I'm all in of, charge. Of all of paganism. I'm, I, I, I would, of the two of us, I'm, I'm in charge. Jud- judging by um, the number of people a week for the last two years that have said, where's inciting a bruja? Where's inciting a bru? Where's inciting a bru? Where's inciting? I thought we were in charge. I just, I kind of thought. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we don't, we don't have, and I mean, even that, that would not solve all our problems, right? Even that would not solve all our problems. Because if you look at things like Christianity, where there is one text, then you have all of these subsects that all interpret that text differently. So there's, there's no way for us to have one truth. And we actually are significantly more diverse. Because there's all of these different branches. There's multiple pantheons. There's multiple cultural references. There's bits of this and that and the next thing that are all strung, strung together. And there's, you know, even within Wicca, there's traditional Wicca, there's British traditional Wicca, and they're not really the same thing. And there's Alexandrian, and there's there's all of these subsects that are all Wicca, but they all do things differently. I mean, we just need to acknowledge that we're all different Aww. and that that's okay. Oh, that's the sweetest well, true. thing I think I've, I've ever heard Velma Nightshade say on this podcast. <laughs> well, it's true. I, I mean, and, to don't, and don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't, I don't have a ukulele. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, there are definitely people within our community that I vehemently disagree with their views on, on, how they do things and the way they practice. But you know what? It's my right to disagree with that and to not do things that way. But it doesn't mean that I have to belittle them and try to make them look foolish or stupid or incompetent. I just don't do it that way. (laughs) I mean, that's what I've never understood is why is it so important for you to point out someone else's flaws if you if you take issue with something that someone says, I do agree that calm, rational discussion can be beneficial to both parties. Mm-hmm. But it very rarely ends just with calm, rational discussion. It usually it usually sort of degrades into what might be termed a witch war, which isn't good for anybody. No, it you know why why can't we all just get along? <laughs> Well, and, you know, uh, paganism, modern paganism makes up something like 0.03% of the population. I mean, we're just under a million people strong here in the U.S. And if you were to ask me how many different kinds of paganism I thought there were, I would say just under a million. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the thing. It, and it has, a like I was saying, since we don't have any kind of unifying... Yeah 
text governing body specific. I mean, there's person. no there's no pagan umbrella church we all go to to at least kind of get some basic tenets to agree upon. I mean, it's well, and and that's one of the things that actually unless half price books is considered a church. <laughs> Well, I don't I don't want to say that's what sells people on it, but that's what draws a lot of people to the community yeah. is they are free to read a book that that provides a perspective on the world and the way the world can be interpreted and then they are free to do with that information what they will and make it fit into their own lives. And that's what originally draws people a lot of times to this path is the freedom and the ability to make an intelligent choice and decide for yourself what you feel. I mean, just when you consider the idea, if, if you accept the idea, just go with me on this, that deity is dualistic, okay? There's male, male energy and female energy. Even if that was something that we could all agree on, which we don't, <laughs> but if it was, just go with me, uh -huh. right? Okay, is it the Lord and Lady? Is it the sure. God and Goddess? Is it a specific pair of deities from a specific pantheon from a specific part of the world? Okay, well, okay, so it's, let's say that it's Lord and Lady is the right terminology. Okay, so the the only thing the, I will say this. The only thing that everybody seems to agree on is if divinity is dualistic, God is the sun and the goddess is the moon. That's like the only thing I can think of that everybody would agree on. <laughs> I can't actually right now think of a pantheon where that's reversed. I think it exists, but I can't remember. Uh, a few. Um, uh, I Off the top of my head, I know that. Uh, Eastern, I think. Yeah. Uh, Eastern, in in more Japan, Eastern I think the sun, the sun is represented by a goddess. Uh, and, and you yeah. have a, a moon god and he has different daughters and stuff. That actually came yeah. out in um, the recent uh, uh, movie. What was it? Kona and the Two Strings? Something in the Two Strings. I just watched it. It's wonderful. It's... <laughs> But I forget. Oh, I think I think I know Kubo. what you're talking about. I Kubo have... and the Two Strings. It's magical. Kubo. Yeah, Kubo and the Two Strings. It's <laughs> it's completely magical and it's wonderful. And uh, Corey sold me on it because I was not sold on that trailer. And I I watched <laughs> it on Thanksgiving and and uh, fell in love with it. Yes, but for the most part, Western tradition yes. tends yeah. to keep masculine with solar energy and feminine with lunar energy, and that's about it. Um, it just it, it gets so complicated. Partially because there isn't a place that you can go and hear the same story told over and over and over again with a big group of people that all hear the same story told exactly the same way as you for years and years as you're growing up. You read a book and then you have to figure out how to decipher what that book is telling you. I mean, think about the number of people whose first book was Wicca, A Guide for the Solitary Practitioner by Scott Cunningham. It's a lot, okay? That is the first book for a lot of people. Yes, raise your hand. Uh, uh, well, it yeah. wasn't Wicked. It was a Scott Cunningham book. It was actually Earth, Air, yes. Fire, Water. Yeah, my my first one was was Guide for Solitary Practitioner, which I read 43 times and promptly spilled orange juice all over. But oh, I have coffee on mine. Yay. 
<laughs> oh, we're, we're stained book twins. I actually, I actually had to buy a second copy of it because the first one I couldn't really read because the pages were stuck together because it was orange juice. But I, I, I will say I'm really I'm pretty sure of, I still have my first copy. I am kind of surprised with as popular as Cunningham is that there isn't a hard bounded like series of his work because I well they release they released the hardback book of um, shadows, book of shadows yeah. which was basically it's bits of other books yeah and stuck it's some together. really weird out there other bit it was a garbage book but uh i would i would want <laughs> it wasn't a garbage book there are no garbage books sure um but we're not we're not no we're not no Mm-mm. don't get me started on this it, okay, so no, but if they if they ever do, Llewellyn, if you're listening, because obviously everybody still listens, every all pagans <laughs> still listen to this show. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, if you ever, if you want to release all the Llewellyn, oh no, there's that person online, and I think Corey was telling us about them that rebounds, rebinds books into like hardbound leather. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's people who do I that. I think I'm gonna. I think I just gave myself an idea. I think I want hardbound editions of all of my Cunningham books. It's sad. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, you're sad. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean that's that's the thing. Even even regardless of the book, every, you know, you get a hundred thousand people to read the same book, and you're going to have a hundred thousand different interpretations of what that book says. So we just have to accept the fact and learn as a community to embrace the fact that you may not agree with someone else's perspective, but that doesn't mean that they are wrong. Wrong is, a pro- is, is the problem. Wrong is a problem in, a, in s- such a diverse microcosmic community that cannot even agree as to what pagan means. I, I, right. I do not like when somebody says you're doing that wrong. <laughs> I mean, unless you're like trying to light a candle with a bucket of water, then maybe you can say that you're doing wrong. that wrong. I, yes. I would agree that that is actually wrong. <laughs> that is yes. wrong. But yes. you know, otherwise it's, it's, you know, I, I, I don't think that any of us can go casting aspersions. Uh, let's see. Let's dig into the mailbag. We have, we have mail. Uh, we have mail. I don't know if you can hear me, but I, I am gone. I can hear you. My, oh, okay. Because I think my Skype is about to restart. Oh, goody. Just FYI. Just FYI. Well, if it does, we'll pause. <laughs> uh, okay. So I think we got this email pretty much right after our last show. <laughs> <laughs> so this one Oops. was sent in by uh, Ms. Katrina, who uh, has been a longtime fan of, of all of the various long-standing pagan podcasts out there. Hi, Katrina. Hi, Katrina. Uh, she's, and I, I like this for this time of year, actually, so I think it's it's really fun. Um, she says, hey there. Uh, I've been thinking about consumerism and waste. It's beginning to bother me just how often I hear the phrase, let that candle burn down. Now, I understand most of us use those small spell candles, so it isn't much waste, and there are spiritual reasons to let the candle burn down, but it still sounds wasteful to me. Along with the amount of times we buy things we may use for one spell or different pieces of cloth, uh, we are just going to bury in the backyard. On the other hand, recycled fabrics could come with energy we don't want already in it. As you can probably tell, I'm not even quite sure where I stand on this. I just know I feel like there is so much stuff to magic. Since Velma, you... Uh, oh, and, and she's chastising you here for not doing witch's brouhaha. Uh, 
<laughs> I do. I'll, I'll I'll skip over that. Do the practical magic <laughs> segment. I thought this was a good question to pose to the two of you. As a child of hoarders, stuff is a tough subject for me, and I think about uh, I think often about both wastefulness and what happens when we have too much stuff around us. I also currently live in an apartment too small for an altar, so I've had to adapt my practice, and so I keep thinking about that in relation to this topic as well. How much stuff is too much? How many spells, or I guess spell ingredients maybe, uh, are too wasteful? Should we, as an Earth-centered community, work to adapt our spell work to better benefit the planet? Velma Nightshade. It See, this is this is the hard part, because it completely depends. It completely depends on who you are and how you want to practice. If if your practice feels wasteful when you're burning 48 candles and using 73 different kinds of herbs and oils and altar cloths of different colors for every time you change your underwear. And I mean, if if that feels wasteful to you, then don't do it. I mean, I I don't I wish I had the answer, but I don't because to me, I I may not do things with great frequency, but when I do, I enjoy having all of the pieces. Yes, it makes storing all of the pieces when you're not actively doing things kind of a pain. But it does it that's what works for me. It may not work for everyone. Um, you know, if using little spell candles is still too much, use birthday candles. Um, you know, or figure, you know, to spend some time learning about different cleansing methods and use the same taper candle for multiple things and cleanse it in between. There's tons of books and resources on different ways to cleanse energy from things. And if you want to be able to use something for more than one spell for different purposes, there are ways that you can cleanse whatever tools, instruments, things you're using to be able to do that. Um, I, I have never made any secret of the fact that I like lots of stuff. I, I enjoy lots of stuff. I like lots of candles burning. I like incense and oils and and you know fancy ink and quill pens and i i like all of the aesthetic stuff that goes with i don't necessarily want to say the fairy tale image of a witch cuz that makes it all sound fictional but just that sort of but that, no that i fantasy, think it's okay the to fantasy, say the fairy tale the fantasy yeah. the fantasy image of i i enjoy that i get something energetically from that environment. Not everybody does. And if, even if you enjoy that environment, if in the back of your mind and your subconscious, you're thinking to yourself, this is really wasteful. Why am I using all of this stuff? It boils down to you are not going to be able to put as much positive, beneficial energy into what you're doing and so you should adapt accordingly. That's that's part of learning what works for you and what doesn't work for you. It's figuring out, okay, if I do this spell that has 43 ingredients and 
it seems really expensive and really wasteful and I don't have space to store all of this stuff and my cat sets himself on fire and so I don't want to use this many candles, whatever the circumstances may be, you need to figure out how to make it work for you. So I think you, uh, I love the idea of the fairy tale witch as well. And whenever my group and I, my circle and I get together, we tend to go all out. Like the whole room is surrounded in candles and there's stones everywhere. And I mean, we really, but I mean, that's five people bringing a little bit of stuff, you know, that's, that's, that's five people bringing a few things. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's, no one of us, I think, has this big, giant, practical magic cabinet full of all of the things. And I will say, here in the last year, year and a half or so, I did get so frustrated by the fact that I had so many little baggies of odd herbs that I'd picked up at stores over the years and little bottles of oil that, I mean, my gosh, you know, when we were doing the the super moot, we were getting lots of little gifts oils and things like that, which is super. Um, and, and that was very generous and awesome, but I didn't use all of them. And, uh, you know, but also picking up things at, at stores and things over the years and, and just developing that pagan horde of stuff, Yes, you know, that you do. And because you get, you get really excited and you go to a store and you say, Oh, I've not seen this herb before, but I've read about it. And, oh, that sounds cool. I'm going to buy that just in case. And, you know, I, I... Well, and that that actually hits on part of the problem. And this is actually a problem that I've had for a long time. And I'm, I'm trying to do some things this year, especially since it's the end of the year. Maybe we'll get into a little bit of what our, our personal plans are for 2017. Um, and so I can talk about this a little bit more. But I, especially when I would travel to witchy places, like when I went to New Orleans and when I've been to Salem on multiple occasions, you get the things. This happens just even in regular metaphysical stores. You see, you know, spell candles or you see a specific oil or you think, you know, and you think, well, I'll get this so that I have it so that if I need to use it, then I will have it. Because you want, because you want to know what you want is you want your friend to come to you and say, Oh my God, my boss is being so I have this problem. And then then you get to do like, because because secretly, secretly, deep down inside, every single one of us wants to be the village witch on the outskirts of town that the little people come and knock at the door and they're all terrified and they come in and they have a problem and and they're coming to to you as their last resort because you are the witch and you can fix their problems. And you pull down your (laughs) bottle and you give it to them and you say, you shall put this on your boss, you know, and you want to do on the that night, yes. on the night of the full moon and yes. say these words, walk you backwards. And, we yes. all do. Yes. And the thing is, we all do. I mean, all of us do. It's, it's a yeah. universal thing. It's the fairy tale version of the witch. It's kind of why a yeah. lot of us got into this. I mean, you want to do the magic stuff and you want to be prepared to, to, you know, I, I feel like, like when one of our friends or loved ones or something says, you know, they have a problem, we all, instantly imagine that we've got this giant cloak around us and it swirls <laughs> in the wind as we go up to our shelf and, and we it's just so true it and hurts we just start slowly cackling hey, 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 i've been waiting for this day and you pull down some weird bottle that you bought it pier one <laughs> 
right? Like 10 years ago. Yes. And you filled yeah. it with some garbage and, and you know, and it's been sitting there getting rancid for the last seven years. And you're just like, yeah, I made this under the light of the blood moon. You know? It's, oh my God. It's so true. But it's, that's who we all want to be. But we aren't. But and the, we and the aren't. thing is, when we're just and we're just as guilty of and I I do this a lot for stuff that I think I might need for myself. Sure. Um, when I was in New Orleans for um Supermoot, uh huh, I bought these little candles, um, at one of the stores, and they're they're the little um three day glass enclosed, so they're like the big tall mm-hmm. um novena candles, mm-hmm. but they're but they're shorter, mm-hmm. um. And I got like five or six of them and they're all for different things. And my problem becomes, well, if I use them, then they'll be gone. <laughs> then I won't have them anymore. You know what I mean? I like, like candles. if I go ahead and use this, I then I, what if I need me? it later? I still yeah, have like, Nightshade if- 7 not candles because I'm like, yes. I love these and I, I keep wanting to use them. And I'm like, there's not a special enough occasion because then I won't have my Velma Nightshade Seven Knot candles anymore. <laughs> yes, and that and that becomes my problem because then even when I want to do something for whatever uh, intention the items are for, then I get the but then I won't have it anymore. Yes. And and you know so I can't use it. Yeah. I it it sits in the cabinet and it looks cool when I open the cabinet doors and that's what it's for. And. One of the things that I, I'm actually burning two of the candles from New Orleans right now because I had because I had gotten I had gotten all these candles and I thought, well, you know, we're podcasting and I should have, you know, candles because, you know, make sure like, that all of my hair is still on my head, not attached to one of these candles. <laughs> neither neither of these would be good for you. But but no, I, and, and two of them, two of them are, are, you know, good for the occasion. And I was like, OK. No, I'm going to burn them. I'm going to use these because I bought them to use them. I didn't buy them to hang on to them for 20 years. And then, you know, that so try to actually, yes, I put my cloak on (laughs) my little warty nose and "Ah, I have just the thing for you. Um, Yeah. So, but that's that's part of it is we, and, we and do I, hoard. And because, there is definitely yeah. a pagan hoard yes, that happens. There is a pagan hoard. Pagan hoarding. And it's the thing a thing. Is, and it's not it's not it's not bad. Everybody does it. Sure. Everybody gets all excited about the oil that they saw in the store and it's, you know, and the thing is use it. And I remember so um uh the Just book Just use the stuff. The the book uh the physic book of deliverance Dane, which I think we both like uh Elizabeth Howell. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you actually met her at one point. Are you related to her? I did. You, you're both just related I am not, to Salem I'm not, people. I'm I'm not related to her. I am related. I'm actually related to. Oh my god! I've just completely forgotten her name. Um, you mean you don't know the Salem witch that you are related no, 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 to and no, trot no. it out no. at every mill? <laughs> no. Are you also no, the her reincarnation? Name, her- no, I'm not the reincarnation. No, no. Her name. Uh, her name is Martha Carrier. But there is actually an author um, who wrote several books, one of which is The Heretic's Daughter, which is a tough read because of the content, but it's a really good book. Um, but I cannot remember the author's name. Kathleen Kent. Okay. I was going to Kathleen Kent, I believe. Uh, but no. In, in well, you, phys- you could Google it in case I'm wrong, but <laughs> it's a really good book. It's called The Heretic's Daughter. In, in the Physic Book of Deliverance, Dane, uh, it's 
so Elizabeth Howe is this Harvard-educated historian uh, specifically about Salem, and um, she wrote this fictionalized account of this chain of real Salem witches, basically, and, uh, uh, you know, witches with actual powers, so to speak. Right. Anyways, yeah. so I remember there was this one scene where she walks, like, into her grandmother's house, and she's kind of discovering this house for the first time as an adult. And she sees all, I mean, shelves and shelves and shelves of jars. And she's just going, you know, these, all of these dried herbs haven't been, you know, they, they were cut like 20 years ago. You know, any, any naturally occurring, any essence that's in them has been long dead. And just something about that idea of, well, how long are you going to hold on to these dead plants? Just kind of sits with me. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and so in the last 18 months or so, I went through my drawers and boxes and little bins that I've kept in the garage and attic of just those dried, er I mean, you know, the baggies of dried herbs that you got 10 years ago that you're just like, I'm apparently not going to use this anytime soon. And even if I did, right. it's basically tissue paper at this point, you know, it's dried up well, and husks one of, of dead and one stuff. Of the, yeah, one of the things that my circle did um, is... We went through our herb stores, right? Because we we all have them, sure. and we all have those things that are starting to get old, and we don't really remember how long we've had them, and they still smell when you open the jar, but they just don't seem quite as potent. Right. Um, and we actually made um, what we what we referred to as spell bombs, and basically we just went to the grocery store and got the little lunch bags little paper lunch bags uh -huh. and we went through our herbs and sort of coordinated intentions and mixed whatever we had left for specific intentions together and put them in the bags and then we have these bags to throw on the fire at various times um just to to be able to use them but to not have to continue to store them and uh, you know it's just it's another way to use but also get rid of the old stuff, you know, mind I mean, blown. I love Are this <laughs> idea. Just going, to, I shouldn't have thrown all that away. I'm just sitting there going, oh, I could have just made a love bag. Yes, yeah. exactly. Why not? <laughs> Take this love bag. <laughs> Take my love sack. Exactly. <laughs> Ew. Okay, that just went in a dark place. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> to make another joke. No. Yeah, no, let's let's move on. I, but I, no, I mean that's that's the thing is, you know, yes. you have to assess and I think, and, and, and I, I think going back to her point as this earth-centered community and yada yada, the reason that we do use herbs and plants and stones and things is because they come from the earth and they have this natural earth energy and yada 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 all the stuff. And I think I'm just like how long or should I be holding on to this dried up root? I mean, like, how long is that good for? You know, it's, it's well, and it's especially it's especially true with herbs because you don't sure. tend to have this problem with things like stones no, or stones, um, tools. You I know, mean, like your athame is not going to go bad. No, you know, and, I mean, and your amethyst was ancient before you ever met it. I mean, it's, it's yes, fine. It's just the herbs and but the temporary. There is, stuff. But there's there's another there's another argument to be made as well, where you know you stock up on a rainbow of candles. And all of a sudden, five years later, you discover that all you have left is orange. Because you never use the orange ones. You use the purple ones and you use the green ones and the red ones and the yellow ones and the blue ones. But you never use the orange ones. I would use the orange So, ones. okay, note to self, don't buy orange. 
in the future. But also, then the question becomes, okay, if you don't want to hang on to 10 orange candles, do some research. Learn more about about the associations with orange. Think about the color orange. How does it make you feel? What do you associate with orange? Is that something that you want to draw into your life? Or can you use it in a way that will be beneficial to you in some way to use up the orange candles? You know, just because a spell says use a green candle, can you tweak it in such a way that you can use the tools that you have at your disposal instead of going out and buying a green candle because the book says it should be sure. a green candle and after all the book is has to be right because it's a book, right? Sure. No, I mean, it, and it for, doesn't. And for me, I mean, just to use that example, if you don't have a green candle and you're trying to do, say, a money or prosperity spell, maybe you're tweaking the intent. Maybe in your mind you have to tweak it so that instead of the green of the money coming to me, it's the orange that's representing the joy or the relief or the exuberance I'm going to feel when I have enough money. You know, working towards that intention instead. I mean, maybe you just rethink, you know, instead of getting mired in well, green is money and orange is the sun and, you know, this, that, and the other. I mean, maybe right. you just, well, and, like and what orange, you said, rethink and, of it. And orange is a great color for success. Yes. And so, you know, instead of having it be a money, think of it, money spell, think of it as a financial success spell and focus a little bit more on the the success aspect of it. Sure. Um, or tweak, you know, if you if you still want to keep the focus on money, Okay, it's orange. It's not too much of a stretch to imagine it could be copper. Okay, turn it into a pennies from heaven spell. Oh, or I, mean, I was, I was are... thinking carnelian, which associates with eloquence, and maybe you're asking for a raise or you're interviewing or something. Right, like that. right. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's the thing, and that's the trap that a lot of people get caught in because they do tend to stock up on things, and they may not be things that they have a specific intention already established for they go oh this is a great sale or these are really pretty or i would love to use these at some point but that you don't necessarily you know not everybody shops for spell supplies when they need to cast a spell they frequently stock up on things it's kind of like baking right like you you have in your cabinet already the flour and the sugar and the eggs and the spices and you know and but you don't actually make a cake as soon as you bring all that stuff home usually right that's just that's what you have in your pantry and if you need one other ingredient to make your cake then you go out and you buy the other ingredient but we tend to do the same kind of thing with spell work we stock our pantries and then if there's one extra ingredient then we go get that but by doing that you do have stuff in your pantry that goes bad yes and, yeah. you know, it's that's just the way of the world. So either figure out a way to use the stuff in your magical pantry or don't buy anything for your pantry until you have already figured out what your spell or your recipe or what, however and you want to. And it could conversely you know. be a challenge to you. You know, do you have some kind of regular practice? Are you not using these things because you don't have some kind of regular practice or... Right. You know, like me, uh, you know, I do have 
a regular altar that I keep and, and a, a candles that I, I keep burning and intentions that I keep going. But maybe it's something that, oh, I have this extra stock of X. Maybe I can find a way to add that to my regular practice for the time being and see how I like right. it. Um, and I do think there is a, an issue of guilt associated with it also, because I think a lot of people stock up on things. And then to your point about maybe not having as regular a practice as they want to or that they envision that they should have or, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, too. When I go through dry spells and I'm not really doing anything, looking at all of the stuff I have amassed and am not using makes me feel more guilty about the fact that I am not practicing. And then it becomes a question of it's not really so much about the stuff anymore. It's about my own guilt about not fulfilling the part of my spiritual side that I want to be fulfilling. And so that it, it there's, there's multiple layers to this issue. Um, but yeah, the, you know, use your stuff, do, do the stuff and use your stuff. There you go. It's my advice for next year. I, I do love how many people uh, are filling up, have filled up the inbox and have filled up the various comment sections with so fake flowers, right? <laughs> I just think you guys need to know where we've got a moratorium on the topic for the next couple of decades. You know what? Quite honestly, like I, if I think really hard, I'm sure I can remember all of the, but since I haven't gone back and listened to it like ever, um, I don't even remember really what the fight was about. I, I just remember, I really, I really tried to make this point. Well, you could use fake flowers for stuff, right? And you're like, what kind of wonderful things are you smoking? <laughs> well, I mean, as an oh, ingredient. God. Yeah. As no, an it ingredient. Was a I was making a terrible point. I concede the terrible point I was not oh, making very well. Oh, you admit you were wrong. Finally, after all these years, you, you know, admit have, you were wrong. I have a problem with the word wrong in a, in a group <laughs> of people that cannot even... But I do think that I made an error in you judgment. Were, you were incorrect. I I was I was pushing a point that I no longer believe in. Um, <laughs> okay, so I feel like we did a topic in your wheelhouse, and I kind of love that this next question is more of a topic for my wheelhouse, which I love um, because I get to talk more. <laughs> okay. Um, given the sensitive nature of this question, you know, she doesn't say that we can't use her name, but just kind of given the sensitive nature of the question, I won't use her name. Um, okay especially because she's had two years to maybe regret writing in this question. So, uh, and maybe the situation is no longer true anyways. Uh, but it may be, it may be for somebody. Yes. She says, what's up, witches. What's up, witches. Uh, the show is awesome. I love listening to y'all. Uh, it's a little harder to keep up now. I bet it's real hard to keep up now since we haven't been putting shows out in two years. It's really well, difficult. Had two years. They've had two years to get caught up, yes. so everybody should be up to speed now. Uh, it's a little harder to keep up now that I've switched from an iPhone to an Android, but I still... Ugh, go back to iPhone. Ugh. I know. Uh, I have a question for you. Uh, iPhone, the official phone of inciting a brouhaha. <laughs> uh, Steve Jobs. Oh, wait, no, he's dead. Um, he's dead. <laughs> oh, wait. No, we're witches. Steve Jobs. <laughs> right? Yes. 
We get on my spirit board. There you go. Uh, I have a question for y'all, but a little background first. My husband is recently incarcerated and will be for a while. Uh, Right before he went to jail, he had started doing a few spells with me. He was interested in what I was doing and wanted to learn. Uh, Now he wants to continue learning and doing the stuff, as Velma says. He's trying to set up an altar. I'm sending him spells and correspondences, etc. The problem he's obviously running into is that he can't have much while he's in jail. No candles, matches, stones, herbs, etc. He's been drawing pictures to represent these things. I'm not necessarily new to witchcraft, but I'm not so good at doing the stuff. So it's hard for me to give him the help he needs. Are there any books either of you could recommend that might help him in doing spells with limited resources, or any spells you could recommend? He mostly wants protection, stress relief, health uh, spells, things like that. He really liked the results from smudging, but I have no idea how to help him cleanse his space with what he's got to work with. Thanks so much for any help you can give me. If you have no ideas, thank, uh, that's okay too. Thanks for taking the time to read my email and to put out awesome shows once every two years. <laughs> I added that last There part. is a book. Oh, um, at yay. least I believe, I believe there is a book. Um, I will confess I have not read it. I have it, but I have not read it. Um, but there is a book called Enchantment Encumbered, I believe. I'm going to start Googling. Um, I, I, th- I want to say it's Ashleen Ogea. Wow, okay. You are really good at this. Enchantment encumbered yeah, I, the study and practice of wicked. Uh, wicked. <laughs> <laughs> All hell, Kristen. Sh- gravity. <laughs> <laughs> All hell, Kristen Chenoweth and Gina Menzel. Uh, <laughs> Enchantment encumbered the study and practice of Wicca in restricted environments. Uh, it was published in July of 2009 by Ashley Ogea. Yes, you are correct. See, this is this is why my father calls wow. me the Pagan Library of Congress. Holy mother of. Wicca, this is how in the world did you come up with this? I'm good. You okay? are. You are way better than I think I've given I you. I may credit be for. rusty, but I know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, there there are a lot of ways. And the thing is, and and this is Oh, and Carol Gar. Sorry. It's a co-authored book. Ashleen Ogea oh, okay. and Carol Gar. So I don't want Carol. It's, it's on the listening. Ogea section of my of my bookshelf. So, and she, Ev- she follows me on Facebook and comments on my the, stuff, which I think is so cool. Everything is the Ogea section of my bookshelf. <laughs> oh, shut up. Um, I'm so Ogea. But no, this is, this actually leads very nicely into a topic that I think, I think we should talk about. And that is that there is, we've just gotten done talking about all of the stuff and how we love our stuff. Yes. But first, before we move on, I do actually have a couple of things to say about doing religious stuff in a jail setting as I do have a little bit <laughs> of knowledge. Well, I was, topic. I was, I was leading to that, oh, okay, but go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, you no, it, much- it'll lead. Okay. No, go yeah, ahead. No, you, you lead much better than I do. Okay. So <laughs> we, we love our stuff and there are a lot of books and resources that indicate to us and implicate to us that we have to have the stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't actually have to have the stuff. Mm-mm. And this is something that a lot of us tend to forget or don't emphasize enough in our practice. And that is meditation, visualization, and affirmation. Mm -hmm. And these are things that you can do no matter where you are, no matter what circumstances you are in. These are tools that can be exceedingly useful to you. Any spell that you can do 
physically with tools in front of you, you can visualize being done. And it is completely 100% possible to put just as much energy into it just in your head as it is with all of the tools. The tools might make it easier for some people, but the energy is what's important in all spell work, no matter what else is involved. And I think once you get good at really, you know, putting the effort into meditation, putting the effort into, you know, that energy work, I think sometimes those spells can be a little bit more powerful because you're not as worried about doing it wrong. You know, you're, you're not as worried about which order should I light these candles? Oh, wait, I have to watch this candle because it has to go below the water line in this bowl of water. And, you know, then I sprinkle the herbs and da 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 I mean, you know, unless you're doing something that, that you've done so many times, it's second nature. Uh, well, and that's the thing. These, these mental tools mm -hmm. allow you to focus differently, which allow you to put your energy into something in a different way. If you're doing a spell and you are so concerned with which order you light the candles in, how much energy are you putting into actually the intention and the outcome of your spell? You're more focused on getting the tools right. And that can actually be detrimental to spell work. Being able to clear your mind of everything else and really focus on your intention is key to successful spell work. So there's a book that came out around the same time as the other one called Energy Essentials for Witches and Spellcasters by Maya Ohm. That is another excellent book, as is the Unspell book, which is her follow-up work. Oh, I have um, that. I, I think I actually like the Unspell book a little bit better. I think you gave um, that to me. They're, they're both really, really good books. And there are a lot of books on meditation. Obviously, there's, you know, and, and guided meditation as well as um, you know, just self-meditation, clearing the mind. Um, there are books on visualization. Positive affirmations are something that frequently get lumped in with fluffy bunny, new agey, whatever, but they can actually be exceedingly powerful. And I think we don't necessarily put enough emphasis on them, probably because the concept is so simple that there's only so much you can say about them. Um, but if there is something you want stating to yourself that it has happened or that you have whatever that thing is or that you're, you, you have more courage today than yesterday or what, whatever, whatever it is that you're working towards, um, it can actually be a very, very powerful way of doing magic that doesn't involve tools and candles and sage and all the rest of it. Um, so just speaking about the very practical nature of being an inmate, of, of being incarcerated, uh, I will go ahead and let you know, um, depending on your level of incarceration, it's going to depend on the, the amount of freedom that you have uh, to do stuff. Um, you know, if you are just in your county jail and for some reason you're going to be there long term, then you, you might actually have a few less freedoms just because those tend to be very packed and they don't really have the time or resources to allow you the freedom. But you, if you are in a long-term uh, penitentiary, um, and, you know, a, a minimum security facility, uh, something like that, you know, if you're not a, a violent offender, um, you uh, need to do a couple of things. One, if you are pagan, you need to make sure that you are, uh, that your religion is registered, 
uh, with your facility as being Wiccan, pagan, Ossetry, whatever. Uh, right. The U.S. Um, prison system is, I don't want to say progressive in this, but is, is definitely accommodating in uh, the recognition of minority religions. If you want to come in and say you're a Pastafarian and I need, you know, these are my three holy days and you are willing to stand by that, you're willing to get that registered, you're willing to have that, you know, put down and, and have an affidavit signed and yada, 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 and get that put onto your permanent file, um, then they're going to say, okay, these are your three holy days and you get to go wear spaghetti on your head on these three days, you know, that kind of thing. And there, and there is a, a sorry to interrupt, but there is um, a, another book that might be a good resource for not necessarily for the person who is incarcerated, but certainly for the family, which to, to read, which is actually the law enforcement guide to Wicca by Kerr Coulane. I'm never sure how to say his name. Um, but that is that is a very good book that is very straightforward. It explains everything. And I believe there may be a section in that about this topic. It I is, believe it is three dollars on Amazon. Just FYI. Yeah, it's not a it's not a very good, a very, very big book. I mean, it's a small book, um, but it has a lot of good information. Um, so yeah, that might be another resource. Um, but uh, so the things that you get if you say, okay, I am, let's just say Wicca, uh, just because it's it's the biggest pagan religion, and I think I just made a lot of people scream, but. <laughs> Numbers. <laughs> but math. Uh, numbers so, are fun. Numbers are fun. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So you, you're you in, in a, a long-term incar- uh, uh, penitentiary and you say, okay, I'm Wicca. Uh, I'm Wiccan. What happens? Uh, I am Wicca. Uh, um, what happens? Uh, so you get to say, okay, these are my eight Sabbaths. Uh, you will get time. Um, and they will be accommodating as far as they can be with allowing you resources to celebrate. Like if you say I need cakes and ale, they might allow you some something like grape juice um, and the ability to get a small cake or something like that from uh, the kitchen or commissary or something like that. You're Uh, probably not going to get anathema. No, you are definitely, definitely not going to get anathema. You are, they're not going to give you a knife. No, 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 no. But um, not going to happen. No, uh, but they they will probably allow you uh, some accommodations as far as what you get to wear on that day. If you feel like you need a cloak or, or something of some kind, they may allow you that. Um, they will definitely allow you time, if, as long as weather and security is permitting, they will definitely allow you time to be outside in nature, in, in, uh, in the yard. If there is one, if there's a tree somewhere, they'll let you definitely you know, spend time around that without being interrupted. Um you know, it, it, and and allow you some food and allow you space. You are also uh, allowed access to libraries when you're in prison. And um, you know, if if you're actually in a prison, not not a county jail, a county jail, you're going to have whatever books happen to be donated. Uh, yeah. And and that's going to be a lot of Harry Potter, a lot of Bibles, a lot of just kind of old used books from churches and stuff like that. So you're gonna, I mean. It's yeah. I've I've been through a lot of those libraries, and they're they're just not good. I mean, it's just you know you're not going to find a lot of religious texts unless you want a Bible. Every now and then you're going to find a Quran, um, 
maybe a Torah, but you're you're probably not going to find Wicca, a guide for the solitary practitioner by Scott Cunningham in your local yeah. county county jail. But if you're in a prison, you you could actually, you know, it is a library system of sorts. You especially depending on your state, you can request books, um, especially if you say I am Wiccan and I need a book. This is the book that I need. They they may uh, make additional accommodations for that. So. You know, if your boyfriend, your husband, your significant other, whatever, does end up having to spend some time incarcerated, no girlfriend, judgment. wife, sure. Uh, it, if uh, if they do end up having to spend some time um, uh, in a in an incarceration facility, you do have resources, and you do have yes. the ability to have time to yourself, have space to yourself, and get some basic accommodations as far as food and clothing uh, mm-hmm. to, to feel like you can celebrate. But what Velma is saying as far as, as far as daily practice stuff goes, I mean, these are things that you're going to get on the holidays. Those are the eight days a year and they will make special right. accommodations for you. As far as your day-to-day stuff, you're going to be kind of responsible for doing the stuff that all of us should be doing anyways. I mean, you know, taking that time to meditate, you know, taking that time to really do that energetic inner workings and, mm-hmm hell, you might come out, I mean, you know, some people come out of prison with some prison muscles. I mean, you might come out with some some spiritual prison muscles because you've done a lot mm-hmm. more uh, inner energetic work than maybe some of us that that rely on our herbal hordes. <laughs> another another thing that I would recommend also, um, I can't remember the name of the book, but there is, and I can see it in my head, it's green. Um, but it's a book on mudras. Um, which are basically um, n- not not really hand gestures, but hand positions, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's frequently considered to be part of more of like a yoga practice. Mm-hmm. But there are actually um, intentions and ways to unblock energies uh, within your body simply by having your hands, um, you know, intentionally situated a specific way. Is it? Um, is it the complete mudras guide, simple and powerful hand gestures to awaken the chakras and balance inside by Ray S. Benson? That's a green cover. Maybe. Is it green with like a square picture in the middle of a hand? Mm, it's green with, with, with this in the middle. I don't remember. Yeah, what that might be is. it. Okay. That, that might be it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's another thing, you know, you're, you're going to have your, your body with you, hopefully. Yes. Um, so that is another tool that you can use. Oh, oh, um, I see it. Oh, square picture. Uh, Mudras, Yoga in Your Hands by Gertrude Her- Hershey. That sounds, that sounds right. Gertrude Hershey. Um, now, I will yeah. tell you, before you go flashing hand, sig- uh, hand signals well, in yes, prison. Well, yes, there is a safety component. You really need to be very careful. And I would definitely let some guards know what you're doing. And that's definitely a time when I would make sure that I have myself registered as a Wiccan, a pagan, a something. Because I will tell you one thing right now, if they, if you have some ignorant jailer who does not know what a mudra is, seeing you making signs, I don't care if your eyes are closed and you're seated in a lotus position and you're sitting there, you know, moving your hands very calmly. If you get somebody that does not know what a mudra is, they will assume you are making a gang sign. I mean, they, it's, yeah. it's, and, you know, say what you will about the, the, the prison system and jailers and, and the education system around that. But their first priority is to make sure that you are not signaling to some other potential gang member in there. Um, so I'm just letting you know now, if you yes. are making some mudras in your cell, uh, and, and nobody knows what you're doing, 
you will probably get flagged as a potential gang member. So I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> yes. FYI. Yes, it is. It is uh, so, caution. Yes. Caution is is good. Um, but that is that is another way of manipulating energy within yourself that does not involve external tools. Yes. Sorry, I was. I thought you were going to talk longer. <laughs> <laughs> I was typing. <laughs> what um, were you typing? Oh, somebody on Facebook was asking us if we were really teasing people or, or if we were actually recording. Yeah, I, I would like to point out that. Um, well, I'm I'm I, I'm blaming you for this not being until December. Oh, I'm blaming because, you. Well, you never you never contacted me. You never and said, contacted me. Okay, are we doing this? Uh, you never contacted and me we, and said, "Hey, let's." And do we this. had and we had a plan, and then I, and happened. then you just you know, no 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 no. We had a plan, it was the and nog. then the nog. Remember, no, the nog it, ate me. I was not appropriately it was fearful. Not, it was. It was not the nog. It was the election, which we're not going to talk about. Yeah. We're um, not, no. But yeah. So there, there was a little bit of a delay, but better I, late than I never, will, right? I will say there, there are some rumblings about the election and freedom. No, nope, we're not going. We're no, not going to no, talk no, about no, it. I'm just uh, hold on. Uh, I think you'll like this. Uh, and, and, and the notion of freedom of religion, uh, we will not get to openly practice being pagan and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I mean, you're, you're going to get to be as open about your paganism as you've always been. <laughs> I don't think anything has changed about, about the, the Christian makeup of the country uh, b- because of the election. Just, you know, if you're in an area where you think you need to be cautious about about who you tell about your paganism, then maybe continue to be cautious. If you're in an area where you feel like you're safe being open about your paganism, continue to be open. You just, you use your good common sense. There are very few of us and there's a whole lot of everybody else. So, you know, you're, you're going to get to be who you've been inside the bounds of common sense about disclosure on things. Mm-hmm. Do we want more mail? Do you have any... Any, any we have thing? do we have more mail? Oh yeah, there's. Well, let's do some more mail. Okay, fine. Uh, I don't know how long do how long do we want this to be? I don't uh, know. The clock are, stopped we're on, an, my, we're on my on my Skype because it's all weird. We're at an hour and nine minutes of recording. I think. We oh, we should probably... totally we should totally keep going. Yeah, I mean, after two years, okay. Right. Whoa, this is a name. Okay, I have not read this question, they, so this might be every everybody would like a three hour show, right? Dear. Whoa. <laughs> oh, we did used to make it a thing about who, who people referenced first, Velma or Firelight. So I guess this person was trying you to... You used to make it a thing. Let's, let's not blame both of us for that. That was you. Well, just FYI, when, when you write into us, uh, it, it should be alphabetical. So just... It's important to him. So just make him happy. It's fine. <laughs> I don't care. I'm older and wiser, and I, it, it doesn't mean as much. It's, it's, it's okay. Much much older so you can oh you (laughs) dear ferelma nightlight yes thank you for your podcast it has helped me so much during long commutes to work well i hope that you have been replaying these every day for the last two years (laughs) sorry and has reminded me to laugh more during the overwhelming times in life oh uh my first can i just say how weird and awesome it is when people write in to you as a podcaster saying that you have had a measurable effect on my life. Yes. 
it's it's amazing. It's weird and awesome. And when we were doing super moods, and people would come up and just, I mean, sometimes people would be in tears meeting us. Yes, and it was just, I mean, you know, and I spent a lot of time talking sociology and stuff on my show, and I've had over the years like three different people write in and say I changed my major because of you. I changed my major to social science because you made me care about that. stuff. it's just so cool when people talk about how you have a measurable effect on their lives. It's neat. Yes. It's also, it's, also very scary. It's, in- <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredibly cool. And it's one of those things that if you think about too much, you cry. Yes. So it's, it's very cool. <laughs> Thank you. It, it means the world to us. Let's, let's move on. Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, my first question for you is on de-wiccanizing basic witchcraft miseducation about four years ago so six years ago now no it's quite a sentence yeah i know Uh, (laughs) about four years ago i did witchcraft 101 courses through two non-wiccan teaching covens there's teaching covens out there uh yes there are sequentially not simultaneously i'm loving your verbose vocabulary uh however, however i recently had a mini crisis as i realized through my own research just how much of the training was actually derived from wicca Uh, The big things that stood out as Wiccan-flavored in the way they were taught were tools, sabbats, and circle castings. My teachers had extensive backgrounds in Alexandrian and Gardnerian traditions. Well, there you go. Uh, Mm -hmm. Though they had since moved on to develop their own non-Wiccan trainings. Because my 101 trainings did not clarify the various origins of the practices in our course material, I feel like I have some backtracking to do as I rethink and rework my approach to witchcraft. I imagine that there are others in the same boat, and I wonder if you would come up with a list of the top things you've seen commonly portrayed as general witchcraft practices when in actuality they come from Wicca. Um, he, they, <laughs> hold on, this person does have a second question, and I just okay. want to go ahead and put it out there just in case we forget that they have a second question because I feel like that first one is a lot. Um, It is a lot. My second question for you is on overcoming my fear of the dark. I'm less concerned about actual harm coming to me and more concerned about opening up to what I may see in the dark. I'm taking baby steps on this one, really teeny tiny baby steps, as in trying to not run up the basement stairs at night or rushing out of a dark room as soon as I turn turn the light off. I live in several acres of forested land and would like to eventually be able to sit outside all night without succumbing to this irrational and infantile fear. Do you have any advice on how to deal with this fear once and for all? A friend recommended to me this perspective, which is like, I am the terrible thing in the dark. Anything out there should be afraid of me, not the other way around. Oh, that sounds like Terry Pratchett. Um, (laughs) I hope you two are blessed with the time and energy to bust out some sweet podcasting goodness again. Well. It only took two years. (laughs) No, they wrote this a year ago. So we're getting better as far as our response time. (laughs) Uh, Second one first. Second one first. Second one first. And I, I grew- see, and this is this is where I have an issue because I am so rusty now on my books. But I like, <laughs> at, and that's how I answer these questions. I'm like, well, read this book, read that book, because there there are resources and there are there are books, and I could give you ideas for the exercises that are in the books. But just read the books. Um, there is a book uh, called Dark Moon Mysteries by Timothy Roderick. Um, which is very good. It's not actually the one I'm I'm trying to think of, but that's that's a good book, and it and it does it does talk about the darkness and the darkness within you and confronting your shadow self. And frequently, dark moon mysteries, at, wisdom, power, and magic of the shadow world. 
Yes, and it was out of print for a while, but I think it is available again now. It is available. There are currently um, eleven left in stock on Amazon. Yeah, I think they I think they re released it, but they do um, have a Kindle edition for ten bucks. So there you go. Yeah, um, frequently, what I have found, um, and this this may not be the truth for everybody, but frequently when people are afraid of the dark, specifically being afraid of being alone in the dark. You're not necessarily afraid of the dark. It is the fact that darkness exposes different aspects of the world to us and different aspects of ourselves to us. And those are things that we are frequently uncomfortable with and unsure of, which makes us afraid. So that is a book that I would recommend um, to sort of help you get in touch with and recognize and learn to cope with and work with your own fears and your own dark side um for lack of a better word there is another book though that would be even better and i cannot remember what it's called well there's a quote that goes around all the time by terry pratchett in the book winter smith and the quote is a witch ought never to be frightened in the darkest forest granny weatherwax had once told her because she should be sure in her soul the most terrifying thing in the forest was her yes there you know if you want to but sometimes but sometimes it takes a while to believe that and that's the thing like I think that's growing up in the country, like way, way, way the country, you know, you're out in the woods and you're with your horse or whatever. And, and you start getting it in your mind. Oh God, what if somebody were chasing me? Ha ha ha. And then you're like, Oh God, what if somebody's out there? Oh God. What is that? And then you just and start prob- running to the house and then your heart rate actually picks up because like, Oh God, something might actually be coming after me. <laughs> See, my problem is I grew up in the sticks and I knew there was nobody around. Sure. Right? There I mean it was nobody. it was the middle of nowhere and there wasn't anybody. And so now I actually get uncomfortable. Like I not that I really have a fear of it, I'm just too damn lazy, but I like I don't go for a walk in my neighborhood after dark. Because there are people. And I know there are people. And I don't know who those people are. And I don't know why they're out. Like, uh, granted, if they have a dog, I can assume that they're out walking their dog. But like, uh, you know, I my own issue with this would be people. (laughs) It's not it's not the dark. It's not being alone in the dark. I would love to be alone in the dark. I'm not alone in the dark. I live in the suburbs. There are people and I don't know about these people. (laughs) You know what might be some baby steps is for you to practice getting comfortable with the dark in a safe space. And I think you could start off by something that you know very well, a space that you know very well, like your bedroom. And maybe you start off not necessarily by turning the lights off because that's, that's a little bit more difficult. If you get yourself freaked out, you know, you might get discombobulated and lose a track of where the light switch is uh, in the dark. So maybe you leave the lights on, but maybe you do like a blindfold and you, Mm -hmm. uh, you get comfortable with, walking around your I mean you should know your space you should know where your bed is and your dresser and your closet and stuff um maybe you get comfortable sitting in your space with a blindfold on dark uh and then maybe the next step beyond that is getting comfortable walking around your space and kind of realizing that you can find your way around your bedroom in the dark and if you get freaked out you do have the ability to immediately rip the blindfold right off 
you know, it, it can come directly off and you're in the light. And then maybe you upgrade to doing those same exercises with the lights off because then you have to, you would have to get all the way to the light switch to turn it back on. And then you go to your house and then maybe you, you know, I don't know, start going to a nearby park or something. Just, just going to places where you feel safe and you feel secure and start finding your way around and realizing that the dark in and of itself is not a scary thing, but that it, it's, it's just, you know, the absence of light and that you still have the ability to, you know, be safe, to find your way around um, and, and that kind of thing. Maybe that's an exercise you can try. Uh, so first question, de-wiccanizing basic witchcraft. Sorry, it's killing me that I can't remember the name of that other book, but it's okay. Okay, we'll move on. I'll let it go. Well, I, I, first of all. De-wiccanizing witchcraft. I, this is, this is huge. This is big. By the way, this is enormous. And this is something that I have actually seen on Facebook. This whole argument about is witchcraft Wicca? Is Wicca witchcraft? Are they the same thing? Are they two different things? Are they two things that sometimes touch each other, but not always? What? I'm not mature. I'm sorry. Well, we knew that. <laughs> but no, I mean, what this this is a debate that has gone on forever. And I don't think it's going to. We are not. Let, let me put it this way. We are not going to resolve this issue today. No, no. And I, I definitely think. <laughs> we don't have an answer. I okay. Think that, I think that for some, for, for some people and a lot of pagan publishing, the word witchcraft is just a word for the practice of Wicca. It's the stuff of Wicca. Almost. Right. And I, I, I think it's wrong to make those two synonyms, but I think that that this art, that this question has basis in reality because I think that far too often we see Wicca and witchcraft well, culture, as interchangeable pop, terms. Culture, pop culture especially, sure. and the media have blended them. And I think part of the reason why they've blended them is but because witch is... Well, witch is a sexy word. Sure. Okay, so witches sell... But the problem is, if you don't have components of something that people will find unoffensive, then, like, let's just, let's just look at the craft, okay? Um, was the word Wicca ever used in the craft, the movie? Oh, I just rewatched it in October. I don't think so. I think maybe once, but I don't, I honest, I can't but honestly remember. Okay, they're witches. Sure. Right? They yes. are witches. They are referred mm -hmm. to as witches. They yes. consider themselves to yep. be witches. They do witchcraft. Yes. They go to the witchcraft store, the magic store. It's all very sexy. If you look at some of the things that they do, particularly the scene out in the woods with the butterflies and the, the little initiation ceremony that they do, it's actually fairly Wiccan. Right? So the idea that that yeah. Not just fairly, and having, it's pretty straight up. It's, well, it's it's Wicca pretty straight up traditional. I mean, the whole athame to the sky as above, athame into the ground, so below. These are very Wiccan things, right? But it is not specified. No. Okay, now we're going to go do something that's Wiccan. And they actually did have a Wiccan high priestess as a consultant on that movie. Um but everything is everything is portrayed as witchcraft. So just from the perspective of the media and the things that have been put out into the into the public consciousness, the two are the two are interlaced and usually the terminology that is used 
is witchcraft. Okay, so then we have Wicca. Wicca is something that people frequently use to explain to others what they believe, and they don't use the word witch, even if they may not really truly be Wiccan. They may say, I'm Wiccan, because they don't want to say, I'm a witch, because to the media, witch is a sexy word. To somebody down the street that you're just don't know very well and is asking questions about you, witch could be a scary word, okay? So we don't use the word witch in everyday conversation. We are more comfortable with the word Wiccan. It's softer, right? It sounds more earthy. It's, oh, yes, I love nature. It's, I believe in this, the, the cycle of the seasons. And it is less confrontational and less scary. Now, there are people who say I'm pagan for the same reasons. Even though deep in their heart, they may consider themselves to be a witch. I am a witch. I do witchcraft. This is who I am. Coming right out and saying that can be very scary. So we've kind of created this monster <laughs> because even though we like to put things in boxes with labels on them and say, this, this name goes with this thing and this name goes with this thing, through, through the media and through pop culture and through our own communications with other people, we have blended these two words together. They don't actually mean the same thing, at least they frequently don't mean the same thing, but we've sort of made them make the same mean the same thing. Your, your microphone sounds like T-Pain right now. <laughs> what? For a second, it's, you, you had this weird like electronic effect going on on your microphone. On my end, it's that's really because fun. I. That's because I. It's because I'm passionate about this. Yes. Yeah. Or or <laughs> or all of the wicked energy is going. No, don't tell the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, th- we we've created this monster. Yes. We are not solely responsible for it, but we have fed it. We we brought it home and we said, okay, I will, I will, I'll take him. I'll look after him. It's kind of like me with Wolfie. Like we we gave in and we said, okay. And we feed it and we pet it and we get really irritated and scream at it sometimes and go, oh, no, 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 you are wrong. But we are still partially responsible for the, for the existence of this debate. Huh. I'm glad that you said Wolfie and not me. We take it in. We pet it. <laughs> We're nice. Well, I, I've, never, I've never brought you home with me. <laughs> I have never accepted responsibility for you in any way whatsoever. This is true. <laughs> This is true. But I mean, I, you know, I, I think that, and I've, I've always called it the Wicca washing of, uh, you know, the, the metaphysical section of the bookstore, but I, I think it's the Wicca washing of paganism in general, of, of, of witchy spiritual practices, pagan spiritual practices in general. It, it's, it's what happens. And it's so weird to think of anybody in our tiny, tiny, tiny population as having privilege. But when you are the majority population inside that subculture, it does come with the privilege of kind of getting to establish the status quo. And right now, the the status quo is Wiccan-ish things kind of sprinkled into everything. The people that are writing the books are mostly Wiccan, or at least have have a basis in Wicca. The people editing the books are probably Wiccan. The people that are publishing the books are probably Wiccan. And so things tend to just kind of have a Wiccan flavor to them. Whether or not it's like, oh no, I'm not Wiccan. I dabbled in college, but I'm not Wiccan anymore. 
But so this is a generic pagan 101 book, and this is a generic book on witchcraft. But you're still going to cast circles, and and north is still going to be the earth, and south is still going to be fire, and you're still going to snap the main wand, and yada, 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 yada. Well, and when you look at some of the more historical practices, um, if you if you look at things like, not like historical like 1960s, but historical like medieval time period or, um, you know, way, way in the long, long ago, there are certain correspondences, affiliations that have roots that go way back beyond the inception of Wicca. Okay. You can argue whether or not Wicca was created in the 1920s until you're blue in the face. That's immaterial. If you go back and look at the things that are, for example, associated with the archangels, which were a, a you know one of the components that were drawn into traditional witchcraft back in Aleister Crowley Victorian times, um, th- that symbology, the color correspondences, the directional correspondences, the energetic um, affiliations, you know, communication, east, air, yellow. Um, you know, these are these are all things that had roots far beyond, you know, back beyond that, even way back to alchemical things, medieval times. I mean, it, you're you're looking at things that, you know, you you can say, oh, East is air and that's Wiccan. Well, bullshit. It's not Wiccan. It's way older than that. It's just that that is a correspondence that Wicca has adopted and so to completely you know the, and the use of knives and gla- cups and swords and wands i mean these are these are symbols that are associated with tarot cards and how long ago were tarot cards developed i mean that is not gerald gardner's fault okay he took pieces of things that made sense and elements of various practices that had been going on since before his time and put them together into a cohesive manner that made sense to him. And he taught them. Okay. He did the same thing that all of us who read our first book and said, I like that piece and that piece and that piece. And that's what I'm going to use. He did the same thing. He just taught a whole lot of people who also in turn taught a whole lot of people who started to write books. Okay. So trying to separate hundreds of years of symbology and cross-contamination of uh, traditions and correspondences is not possible. Okay. The two are linked. They are always going to be linked. It really comes down to how do you label yourself? And if someone else labels themselves in a way that you find to be wrong, get over it. And I think, I think we've, I think we've kind of come back around to our initial topic, which, Hey, look at us. (laughs) Wow. But I mean, like we planned it or something, but you know, like whenever you talk about, um, uh, traditional witchcraft or something. There is actually a sect of, of pagany folks that do ascribe to calling themselves tradi- traditional witches, or I practice traditional yes. witchcraft. Thing mm-hmm. about traditional witchcraft is that actually, as a term, does go back to about the late 1800s or so. It's not 
traditional witchcraft in the sense of as much as people would like to make you think it is. Um, it's not some ancient revival of, of paganism from, you know, 1500 years ago. That's from about 150 right. years ago. Um, yeah. uh, it's, it's a late 1800s thing. It's mostly North American. It's mostly U.S. stuff. It's, it's well, and British. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of, a lot of British. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Don't want to, don't want to, uh, uh, say that that's not true. Um, but it's, it's late 1800 stuff. There's, there's a lot of writings and, and authors that go around this, this modern, so to speak, notion of traditional witchcraft. And so, you know, but the thing is, there's, there's almost this uppity nature about people that say there, oh, I'm a, I practice traditional witchcraft. And then like everybody else is doing it wrong or something like that. And I, I, right. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I see a lot of that original argument that we were talking about at the beginning of the show. In that dichotomy of I'm Wiccan versus a traditional witch versus, you know, this, that, and the other. And I think think in that community, you see a lot of you're doing it wrong or you're doing it in this watered down version or something like that. When we're all kind of doing stuff from the last 150, 200 years, (laughs) you know, that's this revival of mismatched fairy tales, folklore stuff that was put into action in the last, you know, century and a half. And like, come on. (laughs) You know, I had this whole yeah. argument on, on Facebook the other day about the notion of an ancient pagan, the ancient pagans. And that phrase makes me, makes my skin crawl. Well, okay. Ancient pagans. When was the last time you threw a Christian to a lion? I mean, and the thing is, like, were those sorry, people even pagan? I mean, want... it's just, ah. I mean, you're, but, taking, I mean, you're just... taking eons of people before the last couple of hundred years and and putting them all into this modern context of what is a pagan and putting them all into this this modern hindsight thing and calling everybody a pagan and i'm like they know what you are and what they are very different things stop calling people things that they aren't (laughs) just oh okay but just to play devil's advocate and i love you my dear but is that but are you instigating the problem of course I am. I run a show called Inciting a Riot. That's what I do. Well, I understand that. But I mean, by, say, by saying, call everybody the right thing. Okay, what is the right thing? Well, just don't call everybody a thing that, that I don't know, is modern. I mean, you know, we've taken this, this term pagan. Well, but how do we define ourselves? How do we explain well, ourselves I... to people who don't understand? See, this is, th- this is exactly the problem. And yes. this is the problem that we all have. Yes. And... Part of it is that there are probably multiple terms that could be used sure. to define a lot of us. I mean, okay, you are a pagan. Check. Are you Wiccan? Okay, let's say you are. Yes, check. Okay, do you practice witchcraft? Well, maybe in addition to being Wiccan or as part of being Wiccan or however that debate plays itself out. Okay, yes, check. So you could say you are a witch. Okay, check. Um do you follow a uh, sort of Celtic tradition of Wicca, which there's a lot of Celtic tradition in traditional Wicca. I mean, Sabbaths mm-hmm. and all of yep. that um, have a lot of Celtic derivation to yep. them. So, okay. Yes. Okay. So check. You could say, you know, you practice a Celtic tradition. Okay. So there's all of these different words that you could use to define yourself. When you are speaking, especially to somebody who is either very new to the path and is not familiar with this, or to somebody who is not involved in the path at all, which word do you pick? How do you define yourself to that person? Because that then creates an image for them of what that word means, 
right? If you say I'm a Wiccan and I do X, Y, and Z, that person then associates X, Y, and Z with being Wiccan. Mm -hmm. If you say I'm pagan and I do X, Y, and Z, they then associate pagan with those things. If you give them all of the terminology, they're probably going to have a stroke because it's a lot to absorb all at one time, especially if you don't, you're not familiar with anything. But then, see, here's where it happens. Then later on, they have a conversation with somebody and they say, oh, yes, that person is pagan, Wiccan, a witch, Celtic, whatever the word sure. is, right? Sure. And they do X, Y, Z. Okay, so now there is somebody else who now thinks that being pagan means X, Y, Z. This is how it happens. And yeah. then if you define yourself using a different word to someone else, you've or, told this person which is here that, that you're happens, pagan. Or which is something that happens to all of us in October, some uh, news article or some morning show or something like that invites on a air quotes Wiccan. And they say, here's what Wiccan is. Or witch. Or, or witch pagan. or whatever. Right. And, mm -hmm. and you know, they, they, they give an interview that most of us go. <laughs> you like that sound? But no, then right. it's not just affecting one person in one-on-one -on -one and, and playing the game of telephone. It's a lot of people. And then the video goes right. online. I will say, just quick call out, uh, David Salisbury, uh, author, uh, great guy. He's been on my show. Uh, David Salisbury did one of those morning show interviews uh, around Halloween and, uh, you know, talked about the, the talked about Salwin and, and all of that phenomenal job. And I definitely, I encourage all of you to go look at that video because that is that, that interview is how Pagan should be interviewed on, on, on morning shows. That was so good. Mm -hmm. It was so good. Yeah. I, I was so proud because I, I mean, I just, you know, I did that obviously. It gave you, it gave you a warm fuzzy. It did give me a warm fuzzy to see somebody sit up there and, and not take any bait and give a poised, rational response to things and, and look yeah. like what we all look like, you know, they, you yeah. know, there wasn't the, the, the accoutrement and the costume and all of that. It was just a, a guy and a girl up there giving an interview about their, their nature-based religion. And it was awesome. It was awesome. It was yeah. so, it was all of the good things. Anyways, continue. Sorry. I just wanted to say, you know. Sometimes it's not just one-on-one. -on -one. It's, it's when we get into the media yes. and then we have these big problems. because Well, and, and then we find our... See, this, and this, is an, this is another interesting situation that brings it back to pop culture, right? Then you have movies and TV shows portraying, air quotes, witches. And they are doing really horrible, awful, evil, vile things, right? Because it's a horror movie, and so they're doing really awful things, right? Um, the movie Tamara is a great, great example of this. Um, it's a really fun movie if you like bad, cheesy horror movies, but there are some elements of it that are actually very realistic. The spell that the, the main character casts at the beginning, um, you know, the, the ingredients that, are, that she uses and the way things are done, it's, it's actually very accurate to how someone would do this. Now, it's a horrible spell, and I hope, you know, that we would all have a little bit of common sense and, you know, perhaps avoid that particular outcome. But my point is, this is a portrayal of a witch. So if somebody comes to us and says, you know, oh, you know, I heard you're a witch. Well, this is, what is their context? Okay. 
what are they thinking that that word means? And this is a debate that's gone back and forth a lot as well, because when somebody asks you, you want to be honest, but you don't know necessarily where they are coming from. Is their only exposure to the idea of a witch a cheesy horror movie where the witch character does horrible, awful, evil things to people. And so if you say, yep, I'm a witch, they're or, going to think that that's the kind of thing you do. Or pop culture also uses the term, and I think we forget, like the Charmed Sisters were Wiccans. You know, they celebrated Wiccan Sabbaths. I remember even well, one episode, they they go, oh yeah, I forgot tomorrow is the Sabbath. And, you know. Okay. Only for like the first two seasons. Well, sure, but still, I mean, they were they were primarily witches. Sure, almost always were they witches, and I think they threw in the Wiccan thing at the beginning in the first couple of seasons because it was interchangeable to, with to, the word witch. Well, and to soften it sure, and to make it sure. no, no, it's this good thing. It's not evil, and that's part of the problem. But that's the Wiccan thing. That's what we're saying. I think is and that so witches often witches seen as evil. Yeah, and, and I think that's what we're saying is that so often different sources use the term Wiccan because it is softer than using the word right. witch. Or they use the word witch because it has maybe more of a fairy tale connotation so it can be separated from reality a little bit whenever maybe Wiccan, pagan, especially the word pagan, maybe instead of using the word witch, maybe pagan would be the more real world universal term because it is uh, for the most part. And, uh, you know, and I think that's kind of where a lot of this, this problem comes out is this problem of language and this problem of making things synonyms that aren't synonyms because we do not want to elicit an angry reaction because we do not want to, we want to be able to make our point or we want to be able to tell our story or we want to be able right. to, to, to do whatever and just get you into the right headspace. You know, we, we want right. to get you into the right headspace without making you spiral off into, well, I mean, if she's a wicked, then she's a devil worshiper, and she's a doesn't, it's like, no, 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 just well, follow me. We need to get here. So we're going to use whatever term we need to use to get you into the right headspace so that we can do the thing. And that's part of the problem yes. is that we're using whatever word yes. works. Yes. And I mean, semantics is very important. Yes. Okay. Words have a great deal of power and they mean very things. different things they sometimes things. to different people. <laughs> I mean, it's I, well, okay, one of the reasons but, I mean, why, think I have about a, it. why I have a word of the day. I mean, I love language, but language is, language, language is to be used in the specific. And, and it's, it's such a problem whenever we muddy up language to accommodate feelings. I mean, yes, I get that words can evolve and definitions can evolve over time. But we shouldn't be forcing that issue because we do not want to be specific. We should be... We, we should be embracing specificity where we can in in order to create a better conversation around these terms, in order to create uh, a, a better dialogue. Because, you know, we, we do have a generation of people that that interchange witch and Wiccan and pagan and, and all of these other terms and muddy things up so that whenever, you know, you're trying to have a conversation, you can't always do that. Right. And you and I are just as guilty of this as everybody else. I mean, it's yep, sure. It it's virtually impossible. And and I think part of it also stems back to the conversation we were having earlier where if 100,000 people read the same book, 100,000 people interpret it differently. There's so there's 100 100,000 different interpretations. And we are using the same definition for all 100,000. And you know, everybody, everybody who read Wicca for, by Scott Cunningham 
and applied those practices in whatever way to their lives came out assuming that what they were doing, whether it was actually exactly what the book said or not, was Wiccan. So now we have 100,000 different, slightly different, but different definitions of what a Wiccan is and how a Wiccan views things. And that's part of the problem is there are so many variations of all of these words. It's not even just so much a matter of how uh, you know, the, the population en masse sees this word or how pop culture portrays this word. It's that each one of us who feels a connection to this word is also defining it slightly differently. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it really becomes difficult. It, taking, I mean, even if you look the at... word and and applying it to ourselves rather than figuring out whether or not we should apply ourselves to the word. And I think part of this is is... Because we don't have governing body. We don't have one text. We don't sure. have follow all of these rules, follow these 10 sure. commandments, live by live sure. by these rules, and then you can call yourself an ex. Um, you know, and, and, and nobody, I'm not saying that's you know, good or bad. A, nobody can take a majority census. You know, nobody can identify all of the pagans. And nobody can right. go out there and do good polling and do good research and yada yada as much as I would love that. <laughs> As much as well, I tried. There, is, there, is a, there was actually a, a census of pagans and witches, I think, I don't remember exactly what it was called, but there was a census taken well, several years ago, and it was released in book form. And it has some interesting data in it, but it's not complete, right. obviously. The, and the, the research um, methods on that were kind of sketchy because it was done online, yes. and it was just a, self, uh, a self-selected poll. And Yes. I, I, I know, I think Naomi and I, on, on my show or her show or something like that, talked about the social sociological problems with that particular survey because it wasn't actually yes. done very well. It wasn't, but it's, I mean, what else do we have? Right, That's but, the only uh, but, research uh, that we yeah. have. In all fairness, um, what the hell else are we supposed to do? <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, think of it from the perspective of being an author. Okay. And this is why I have a hard time giving too much crap to a lot of authors, even authors who write what I believe to be not bad, but not particularly valuable to me books, shall we say? Um, Because I don't believe there are any bad books. I think all but you can learn from any book, even if what you're learning is that that book is not for you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I learned that actually just recently. I bought a book on Amazon and I got it home and I went, okay, this is this is kind of not. No, was it? No, did it have a red balloon on the cover? It did, as a matter of fact. And I read it and I went, this is crap. No, no. it was a book on witchcraft. Shame. And, um, you know, it was, it, oh and it had been a long time since I had basically shade. just. Because <laughs> you threw up all the shade. Sorry. It's very funny. I've missed me. you. I've missed you, but you were so weird. Um, but no, think about it from the perspective as an author, of an author, okay? So you are attempting to write a book mm-hmm. about a, an aspect of your path, however you define that path, and you need to make this resource approachable from people, from all walks of people who define themselves in a multitude of different ways, so then you have to pick terminology. And this is something that 
um, many authors address at the beginning of their book. And Deborah Blake springs to mind because I recently read um, Everyday Witchcraft, which is a great book um, with a lot of good ideas in it. But this is something that she talks about frequently uh, at the beginning of her book. And basically she says, look, I recognize that people define themselves in different ways and people believe different things and that some people call themselves witches and some people call themselves Wiccans. For the purposes of this book, I am going to use this word, okay? And feel free to understand that what I mean by this word is whatever it is you're defining yourself as. There's no other way to do it. No. And unfortunately, it adds to the problem. It adds to the problem because it's saying, okay, this book, you know, they are talking about how pagans do something or how witches do something, or how Wiccans do something. And what that author means by that is how pagans or witches or Wiccans or whatever you want to call yourself do things. But, I, but how else do you do it? You I can't. Have, you I have to have, have a word. I actually have a lot less of a problem if they start off their book by saying, okay, we're going to define our terms. I mean, if they actually do start off their book by saying, I'm going to be using the word pagan, and I'm going to be using the word Wiccan, and I'm going to be using the word witch, or whatever it is. And right. this is what I mean when I say those terms. No, no, no. I'm not criticizing prob- those. Yeah, I have a lot less of a problem no, with that. I'm... And I think we need more of that because I think it would help well, but... people come up with some kind of working definition if more people were open about, well, this is how I've been using the word witch the whole time. I didn't know that that's not how everybody else did. But here's the thing. I, I am not in any way criticizing um, Deborah Blake or the other authors who do this. I, I agree. Blake, I think it's a good thing. If you're listening... You can write in and uh, <laughs> Deborah Blake, if you're listening, I love you and I think you rock. Okay, I, I think she's fabulous. Um, but no, I I think it's a good thing and it's necessary. However, the rest of the book uses the word witch or Wiccan or pagan or whatever it is. What are people going to remember? Are they going to remember the blurb in the introduction that they may not have actually read that says, this is what I mean by this? Mm -hmm. Or are they going to remember that the entirety of the rest of the book is using the word witch or Wiccan or pagan or whatever word they choose? It's semantics are important, but there's no other way to do it. You have to pick a word and stick to it. And there will always be people who disagree with how you're using the word. Yeah. I and agree. It's, it's kind of your hands are tied. There's nothing else you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. And I, I, I think that we would both be advocates of if more books and more authors and more bloggers and more podcasters would just say, okay, in the context of this conversation, I'm going to use the word pagan and here's what I mean by that. And just kind of create a culture of, defining our terms so that we can create a culture of having a conversation around these terms because I but, think we're all so scared to to define them at all because we don't want to piss people off that don't agree with it. But we don't here's what's going to happen. No, here's what here's what's going to happen though. We might you're have. going to you're going to define your terms sure. and you're going to say a wiccan is this and a witch is that and a pagan is this other thing over here. Uh-huh. Okay. Then somebody else is going to come out and say, a Wiccan is that thing over there, Uh a pagan is this thing over here, and a witch is this other thing. Uh And the way you're defining, let's say, pagan, Uh is how they're defining Wiccan. Uh And it just adds to the confusion. It does spark conversation, 
But the problem is we need to define our terms. Okay, but your definition is not necessarily the same as somebody else's definition. So who decides? Who gets to be the one to say, no, this is the definition of a witch? Full stop, end of discussion, this is what it is. We're never going to get to that point because well, everybody feels differently about it. But uh, here's the thing. I think that I think that if you take it and ma- and blow it up into a macrocosm. I mean, here in in the microcosm of the pagan community, there are very few of us. And so this kind of argument could have more legs as far as well we're stretching it and we're, you know, who gets to decide and yada yada. But if you blow it up into a macrocosm, a much much larger religion, let's just take Christianity because it's very easy to say, you know, you have certain groups of Christians that are perfectly fine with, you know, just using a personal example, perfectly fine with gay marriage, so to speak. And they say, oh, right. a real a real Christian would love unconditionally and, you know, not judge and whatever, whatever, whatever. But mm-hmm. then you have this other group of Christians that say, no, a real Christian would stand up for the word and the Bible and it's not right and yada, yada, yada. But the thing right. is, I, I, there gets to be a conversation around, I mean, it doesn't necessarily take away one from the fact that we can all kind of define Christianity as people that are adherents of Christ and this message and this book and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I think that there can still be disagreements as to, uh, you know, liturgy. There, there can still be disagreements as to tenets and, and to beliefs and things like that. But if more of us have a conversation around here is this term and here's what I mean by it, here's this term and here's what I mean by it, and if more people get to start having those kinds of open dialogues and open conversations where they say, here's this term, here's what I mean by it, here's how I came to that conclusion. And if you have 30 people or 300 people or 3,000 different authors saying, here's the term, here's what I mean by it, here's how I came to that conclusion, then I think that people get to make a much more informed decision rather than what we have now of just kind of this mishmash of synonyms without anybody really defining their terms. Defining your terms is, here's what it, here's the word, here's what I mean by it, and here's how I came to the conclusion of how, I, you know, here's how I came to that conclusion. And I, yes. think, I think that we would be much better served as a community if we would just start, again, going back to the beginning, if we would just start embracing imperfection, if we would just start embracing it's okay to be wrong, if we would just start embracing, you know what, I'm just going to say what I think a pagan is, and if that's not how you think of it, great. But I want you to also say what you think a pagan is. I don't want you to just say I'm wrong. I want you to come up with what you think a pagan and then what you and then what you. And then let's just start having an open dialogue about it. And I think the problem right now is that so many people are in their feelings about being wrong. And I think we need to be okay with being wrong. Well, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, when you com- when you compared it to Christianity, because you proved my point. Yes, you hit the nail on the head because you proved my point. I okay, you can. agree you... with something I said. This was no, worth the what... two year wait. I am emotional. <laughs> no, because what you I said is reclamped. we can ag- we can agree, even though Christians may have completely opposite views on things. We can agree that they are Christians sure. because they have they they both are adherents of Christ and they use this book as a resource. Sure. We don't have a book. We don't have a Christ. I have a where do we where do we start? Sure. That's and that's and that's I think the crux of the issue because sure. 
even even something as broad as pagan, right, which can encompass a lot of different beliefs mm-hmm. because it is the least minutely defined thing, right? Right. Pagan is a looser term, mm-hmm. right? It can be applied to a lot more things. So kind of like Christianity is a loose term. You know, you can have Methodists and Lutherans and Catholics and Episcopalians, and they're all technically Christian because they go back to a specific thing Mm -hmm. that is what makes it Christian, okay? So what is it that makes it pagan? And I think that that's a question that's okay to have, but I also think it's a question that we just need to start answering for ourselves and saying, okay, well, and that's here's the what thing. I mean, and here's how I came to it. And let's just be open about the dialogue and be okay with the feedback. No, I agree. Yeah. I think that's good. But are we ever going to actually get to a place where we can have a one true accepted definition? I mean, I think that we can get to a place where, like Christianity, we can at least have some basic agreed upon tent poles, so to speak. I mean, it might not be the same exact belief system for everybody because, you know, Christianity isn't the same exact belief system right. for everybody or else everybody would be Roman Catholic. You know, it's right. everybody you would can, be Roman but Catholic. But you can look at someone's, you you can, can look at yes. someone's belief structure and sure. say, okay, you are Christian, you are sure. not Muslim. Sure. You are Muslim, you are not Jewish. Absolutely. You are Hindu. You are, you know, there are certain tenets of the major religions sure. that are easily identifiable. And I think if we don't we all really just have start, that. Yeah. I think if, if more people are unafraid to just express what they mean and how they came to that conclusion and, and more and more people follow suit, I think event, I, I think eventually if we create enough dialogue around it, we would be able to say, here's the basic 10 poles of what it means to be a pagan. Now you might be a hard polytheist, you know, uh, Nordic Reconstructionist, you know, blah, 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 blah. But you fall into the pagan umbrella because X, Y, Z. You know, right. you fall into the pagan umbrella because X, Y, Z. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be 30 different tenets. It doesn't have to be, you know, 13. We don't have to pick some magic number to try to fit it into. It could just be. Oh, if we, but it needs a magic number. Do you want it to be 13? Well, 13 would be, well, you know, we're in, in my, in my we're opinion, in So let's just make it a number right now. Let's just say. Well, and there's, and there's the 13 tenets? full moons in a year. So there's my justification. Okay, so there we go. So there's 13. Plus and it's what, a cool what number. So you're, you're a pagan. Let's, let's come up with them right now. So you're a pagan if we come up with 13. Um, okay, but no. So here's part of the problem, though, before, before you try to make a list of 13 and take another hour. Um, the I'm other part thinking. of this, no, the other part of this is that there is also a level of exclusivity to a definition because a definition, a, a definition of Christianity. Okay. So you are a follower of Christ and you, and you believe that the Bible is the word of God or, you know, whatever that is. Okay. So that means that you do not think of Muhammad as the son of God. Sure. Okay. You, so and, that, and I, so that, so that means yeah. that you are not Christian. If that's what you believe, that means you're not Christian. Okay. So um, you believe that there is only one true God. Okay. So that means that you're not Hindu. Um, so there, there are, it, in, it's not so much a matter of just defining what you are. It's also a matter of defining what, what you aren't, what, what do you not believe and I, that makes you fall into this category? And I think we need to get comfortable being okay 
with saying we're forks, we're not spoons. It doesn't mean that there's not but a nobody, place for spoons. And I but get nobody that wants all, to be excluded. I, That's part of the problem. Nobody wants to be excluded. I nobody wants oh to God, be told so that it. they are not something so that they it. want to I be. I really do. I really do. But would we if, blow it up again to the macrocosm, just like you did, if we were to say, okay, this person is Muslim, this person is not Christian, does that... I mean, is that in any way denigrating Islam and promoting Christianity? I mean, is there is there it creating isn't, a good it and isn't, bad? But no, it isn't. It isn't in any way. But if you take someone who all of their life has believed that they are Christian and you come to them and you say, no, you are not Christian because you believe X, Y, Z, that person is going to get offended. Because what do you mean I'm not Christian? I have always been Christian. This is what I believe. And I am Christian. That's the problem is we are not, we get defensive when somebody else tries to define us. Even yeah. if the definition is right, yeah. we get upset because sure. that the box that they are putting us in is not the box that we have put ourselves in and that we feel comfortable in and that we feel we belong in. That's your, That's how the yeah. whole witch Wiccan sure. debate gets yeah. so heated because there are people who say, no, 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 I am a witch. And somebody else says, okay, but everything you do is Wiccan. And it's like, but I'm not Wiccan. Okay, well... It, that's the box sure. that I think you're supposed to be in. <laughs> sure. and, and I, and I get it. And I get it. I mean, I, I think that we need to be comfortable enough having enough conversation to where we, we maybe have a few more legs to stand. I mean, right now it would be very difficult to say you're not pagan. You're not wicked. You're no, you're not this out of the other, just because we don't have these conversations. But I think if we right. had a culture of it in the pagan community, I think I think a lot of us would be more comfortable. And it doesn't have to be, the conversation doesn't have to be, well, you're not this, so ha. It could be. Well, no, and it, it shouldn't be. be. Tell me your terms. Tell me why you define that way. And tell me how you came to that conclusion. And just have that same conversation again. You know, tell right. me, okay, so you're a Wiccan. Great. You worship the flying spaghetti monster. I thought that was Pastafarianism. You tell me how that applies. I mean, I would love to hear your version of Wicca and let's let's have a dialogue about this. And when you're talking about things like spirituality that are so deeply personal yeah. to people. I mean, it's everybody's it is very, friends. Well, but it is very difficult for a lot of people to have a calm, rational conversation with someone who disagrees with them because the subject matter is so intensely powerful to them that they tend to get defensive. And that's part of the problem is we need to all just relax well, I am and, known, and chill. I am known worldwide as <laughs> somebody that can have calm, <laughs> rational discussions with somebody who disagrees with him. Uh-huh. You yeah. Know, so what, I really think, whatever you say. Yeah, I really think. I mean, you know, that's why you know my my show is called Gentle Pacifism. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, gentle you are delusional. Okay, gentle pacifism so, no, with firelight. No. Okay, so here we go. Yes. All right. Okay. So we have agreed yep. that this is a conversation that needs to happen. Uh huh. You and I are in a unique position yes. to be able to start to facilitate 
this conversation. Ooh. Okay. Oh. So we have. I have. I have an idea. Homework. Homework. Um. I just and audience. And audience participation. See, now okay, this so we is have... unprecedented because you are always the one that goes, oh, audience participation. Uh-huh. And I'm always the one that's I'm like, not even going to lie. I went to, a, I went to a play recently and there was audience participation. I swear to God, I had heart palpitations. I was like, please don't call on me. I don't want to be involved in this. this no, just stop. Go away. Please, I don't know. Uh. Please tell me they called like on every you. Like t- every time the house lights came up and the people started coming into the audience, you're like, you try to shrink down in your seat and like not make direct eye contact with anybody so that you don't have. But this is, this is a little bit different. I'm not going to call on anybody. There's nobody to call on. Um, you know, you can think about it and participate if you want to. Okay. But we have we have three terms, right? That we feel deserve some thought into defining and trying to find a good solid definition of these three terms, right? Pagan, Wiccan, and witch. Yes. So which one would you like to start with? Let's pick one. Uh witch. I think it's I think it's the witch. Witch. Let's do witch. Witch. Okay. Okay. I've actually made little little notes for these. You're taking okay? no- just, I'm not taking notes I just and you're did taking this. notes. What world is this? What no, happened a, in the last I, two it's, years? It's a project. I can't resist a project. Okay. So what we need to do now is we need to try to come up with ideas for what what are what is the definition of witch what makes someone a witch okay so let's let's you and i talk a little bit about this and maybe come up with with one or two things that would we would put into the definition or the list of you know these things make you make a person a witch and then we'll we'll turn it over to our audience we'll let them think about it email us with what you think should be added to the definition or if you disagree with something that we said and then the next time we record, we can talk about this and we can try to get a definition for the word witch. I am so proud of you. And then if it works, we can actually try the other two words as well. I was going to start with pagan. I, I was thinking pagan would be easier, but we can start with witch. Oh, we God, go I think pagan. Oh, God, I think we'd get... I th- I thought I thought which would be an easier introductory word. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, thought, if you thought it was going to be easier. Okay, so what do you think... Uh, should be part okay. of and let's not let's not try to do a specific definition but like yeah. you were talking about you know the this is the list of things that that makes you a christian or yeah. a muslim no, uh, or whatever so let's, would, let's try to think of the things that make I you a think, witch as opposed witch, to a I wiccan think a, i think that a witch casts spells without the involve without the involvement of deity I think if you get into the involvement of deity, then it's ritual and it, it starts becoming witch deity and yada yada. So a witch casts spells without the involvement of deity. So witches, do therefore witches not have ritual? Do they uh, not do rituals? I mean, I, I, I don't know. What is, what is the, is there a deity component I, I to th- being a witch? I think that you can be a non-religious witch. Okay, I, I I think you I, and I've I have, is it I've, a necessity? Is it is, is that part of what def- no is is working magic without deity a requirement? I mean, no. is that is that something that that falls that you know if you're defining yourself as I I am a witch because I 
think the Bible is the word of so, God. I so think Jesus I, I say, is, is I say a witch, whatever, whatever I those say, pieces are. I say a witch casts spells. And I say the caveat of that is it doesn't necessarily have to involve deity. I think you could be okay. a Wiccan witch. I, just personally oh God. speaking. That's going to open up a whole no, new I, channel. No, what I'm saying is, is I don't think that deity has to be a component of being a witch. I think okay. I don't think it has to be a limitation of that. I think you could be a non-religious, you know, witch. Okay. What about, what about you? you? You this is your project. What what I ask I ask the questions. I Oh. I oh, that's such garbage. No, you have to have an opinion. It's what you would do to me. That's, this is what I would do to you. Although I do I do agree with your first uh with your first idea. Um I do think that there there can be just witchcraft yes. without a defined spiritual component. So I do think that that is a good, and there's gonna, there's definitely going to be a lot of people who are going to disagree with us on this one. <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. And we're, I'm and I'm looking forward to hearing not only that you disagree, so it's fine. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm interested to hear because I know there will be people who disagree with that idea, sure. and I want to know why. Yeah. Why do you disagree with sure. that? That's that's the thing. Don't just don't just Facebook us screaming like a lunatic that we're wrong. Like, it, why why do you think that? Because that's how we're going to get to the crux of the issue and potentially make an impact on the community by so, helping with this debate. See, I'm trying to be all proactive. So Aren't you proud, proud of, you. of me? I'm so proud. And you're crowdsourcing and you're polling. And this is good research. Right? I love this. Uh, well, I mean, the only way we're going to get to the bottom of it is to have numbers, right? We got, we got to, we got to have dialogue. As so you saying. can write into us, uh, and God, look at us just naturally segueing. Um, so you can write into us about what you think a witch is, not uh, it, yes, uh, or what you think a witch isn't. Give us, give us some kind of of bullet point, and it doesn't have to be a with your reasoning of bullet points. Yes. Good reason. It doesn't have to be not, just, not an essay, yeah. not a you don't have to write yeah. us a book, but you know, if you if you have something to contribute, yes. since we won't be able to t- have a discussion with you about it, um, you know, give, give us, us give us some background yeah. on on so why you, can, you feel you can email us inciting a brouhaha at gmail.com. That email address does still work. I promise we do get yep, your email. It does. Uh, inciting mm-hmm. a brouhaha at gmail.com. You can, we do have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash I A B H H E A B H H. Yes. Uh, no. You cannot tweet at us as a union. No. We do not. No. No, we do not share a Twitter. We do not share the Twitter. That would be weird. 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 Uh, but I am at inciting a riot. I am at which is brouhaha. Although to be honest, I'm like never on Twitter anymore. I'm always on Facebook, which is such a, I mean, it's been two years, right. And it's completely changed. Uh, so I used to never be on Facebook. Uh, those are the, those are the ways that you can get in touch with us. But for, for the purposes of this particular project, I would like you to please email us so we can have all of it in one place. Cause if we start getting tweets and Facebook messages. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now how this show works is we pull up the inbox and we just start going through. Yeah. And very likely, unless you just post something that just blows our minds on <laughs> Facebook or Twitter or something like that, we are just going to forget to go back there and look. I'm just, 
Yes. FYI. Although I am, I, you know, if, if you are more comfortable with Facebook and you would like to have the discussion there, please feel free to, sure. uh, we just, just don't want to promise that we're going to remember to go back to it. on the show. We, we may, we may forget, but I mean, you know, any discussion yes. is good yes. because this is something that clearly is important to a vast majority of the community. Um, so let's, let's do this. All right. So two years gone, two hours of show. I think we, I think we've, Incited a brouhaha. Uh, I think we, I think we may have. So, like I said, our commitment for the time being is we would like to resurrect this show quarterly. Uh, so yes. this is this is in December because yep. Velma couldn't get her act together. Oh please! <laughs> um, uh, so this that is would be December. you, Bob. So the next quarter is a show sometime in January, February, or March. <laughs> Yes. So just realize if it's March 30th and you haven't heard a show, it might come out on March 31st. Just give us no, a break. What I, what, I, what I will say, though, is if we do end up getting flooded with emails and conversation about this, I'm not going to promise anything, nope. but it may, it may push us along sure. to perhaps – because there will be more to discuss. Like, and, and that I will way. tell you, if, if we have more to talk about, yeah. we'll be able to talk sooner. <laughs> when, when our show was coming out very regularly, it was because we got a ton of really great feedback, and we just yes. wanted to talk about it. So yes. the more you guys participate in this project, the more chance that you will uh, get us back um, more frequently. More frequently. But for right now, we are committing to once a quarter. So unless yeah unless something else happens you will hear from us sometime in the next three months <laughs> yes <laughs> um the other thing is just a, a quick housekeeping thing um we anticipate uh that the show is probably going to be expensive to run so if you would like to donate to the show um i have set up a patreon um where you can give a uh, monthly donation of as little as a dollar a month um our goal is to hit $500 just because, if I'm remembering correctly, last time we had this show, it cost us, I think, like something like, you know, 250 bucks every six months or so uh, to, to keep the show running to make sure that there were no yeah. interruptions or so. So $500 is actually a number that that uh, uh, would make sure that the show pays for itself. Um, yeah. If you'd like to give a monthly donation, you can go to patreon.com slash inciting a riot. Uh, I didn't make a, a page for the brouhaha and the riot. Um, I just made one. Uh, but we do have a, an initial goal of $500. I see how you are. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, so if you'd like to give uh, patreon.com slash inciting a riot, uh, the first little goal is to, to really make sure that this show doesn't cost us a ton of money out of pocket. And, and I realize that a ton of people are pro- hopefully uh, are are going to probably rush to subscribe to this. And the more people that try to subscribe all at once, I, I know that we're going to get emails and tweets going, I can't download your show. Well, we have to upgrade the podcast, the pod hosting fee to be able to, yeah. to have the bandwidth. So just FYI. Cause it's so long. It's, it's because we can't stop talking. It's long and, and it, the, it's, it's big. It's, both it's the, a big file. Yeah, the, it's both the, the, the size of the file and the number of people, the, the number of subscribers. And when those two things are both big, it, it, it just gets expensive. So if you'd like to contribute, yes. you can do that. Um, if so you, do we have an option to make a one-time donation? If you do want to make a one-time donation, I, I think, and if, if not, I can um, uh, get it back up there. 
I think on InsidingAriot.com, and the, the only reason we're doing it on, on the various Inciting a Riot shows is our websites is because we don't have an Inciting a Brouhaha website. So I don't just have no. a, a, just a one. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. So if you go to InsidingAriot.com and you click the, the little button that says the show, uh, you can scroll down and it says support the riot. There is a donate button there and it goes to the Inciting a Riot uh PayPal. So you could you could give a one-time donation that way. Uh, and that's yes. that's perfectly fine. Oh my god. Right below that is like, hey, you can vote for me on Podcast Alley. Holy crap. I haven't updated. Wow, that's old. Wow. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to just... really old. Yeah, but the donate button is still there on the little... <laughs> so if you go to insidingariot.com, uh, uh, there on the little headers uh, is a link that says the show. You can click it, scroll down. There is a place that says support the riot and you can click the PayPal donate button and give a one-time donation of your choosing. Again, our goal is $500 because that would mean that there's no money out of pocket for us and that the show is supporting itself. Um, Anyway, so that's the only housekeeping thing, just FYI, that is available to you if you'd like to support the show and get us back on our feet. I think that's it. It seems like there's so very much more to talk about. But that just means, that just means we're going to have another show sometime in the next three months. <laughs> well, I know, but like, it's getting to be the end of the year and you know, it's just, it well, seems like there's sort of maybe. end of the end of the year. What are you, what are you doing for next year? What are your plans? What are your, you know, okay. Which Velma. is all, it's all very okay, apropos at the moment. What are your plans for 2017? <laughs> well, it's not that I have anything specific that I'm all excited to talk about. It's just, you know, it's this is the time of year when a lot of people, especially magical people, really start putting a lot of thought into goal planning. And, you know, because it's a new calendar, it's a new year, it's a fresh start. It's a, it's a, Samhain. isn't that like the witch's new year or whatever? Yes, but that's not when day planners start. <laughs> It's, I am not the only person like this. Okay, it's when Llewellyn I swear planners start. It's when Llewellyn day No, planners. it's not. Isn't it? No. Oh. They start in December, which is wrong. Okay? They should start on November 1st. I will I will state categorically witchy day planners should start on November 1st. If you are in the but, Llewellyn calendar publishing department, uh, Velma Nightshade has a bone to pick with you. She is throwing all actually, of the nightshade I have, I have at a, you. I have a bigger bone to pick with them, and that is that they do not include monthly calendar pages in their date book, which if they did, I would use their date book. Damn but I want tartarus. monthly pages. I'm Hey, you know what? I'm picky about day planners, right? They have to be, they have to be right. Still they have waiting. to have enough space. I'm still waiting on an app with calendar integration. I am still waiting on that. I cannot believe that that doesn't exist in 2016. And I would do it if I knew how to code, but I, I don't. So... I just I want I want an app with calendar integration. You know, that that every day like there's a widget, you know? I mean, I there's all sorts there's widgets for all kinds of things. Miriam Webster has a widget that that tells me what the word of the day is. Um yeah. You know, I would love a little little app with calendar integration with a little widget. Oh, here's a stone of the day. I mean, even if it's just like one of those old pagan podcast 101 shows, here's your daily stone, here's your daily herb, here's your daily spell, here's your Here's some historical facts about today. I would love that. That'd be awesome. Well, and and they do have such things in you know book form. I mean, it, you know, but not <sighs> in technology form. <sighs> books. I love my books. 
Yeah. I love my books. I confess, I did get the 2017 uh, Spell a Day calendar thing book thing did. from Llewellyn, and I did get um, 365 Tarot, which is not dated. I mean, it's it's dated as in November 1st, but it's not dated as in it's a Tuesday. Like it's you know you could use it year after year, um, and it's a it's a tarot spell for every day for different intentions, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, but no, I think, I think a lot of people this year, especially in light of everything that has happened this year, um, I think a lot of people are, are maybe putting a little bit more time and effort into trying to figure out how they are going to make next year better, um, and things that they want to achieve and things that they are hoping for and, um, goals for themselves. And I, I just didn't know if you had, you know, thought of any of these or if, if it's been on your mind, cause it's already the fourth and, you know, time is going quickly. And before you know it, it'll be 2017. So how are you going to make 2017 better than 2016? God. Personally, wh- however, I don't know. I, to, to be perfectly honest, I know we don't want to say the words election right now, but I have to say I'm still in just a place of kind of taking it one day at a time after the election. And just and I, I think that's where a lot of people, and I really, think that's why people are thinking about just it. Not really wanting to think about 2017. I mean, I just kind of want to live in a bubble until January 20th of Obama as our president and our little not liberal paradise, but a, a world in which at least our president thinks that I'm a human being. So I just, I just, I kind of want to just live in that bubble for a little while longer and not think about what I'm going to be doing next summer whenever World War III is going on. Well, and I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, from, from a, from a personal perspective, you know, do you have any wishes, goals, dreams for things that you would want that would improve your life, things that you have control over, things that you could implement and change in your life to make your life better next year. Because there are some things you can't control. Probably not spiritually speaking. I I feel like this year I've, I've really been able to keep a a pretty solid regular practice going. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel good about the work that I've done on, on inciting a riot and the folks that I've been able to talk to and the kinds of conversations I've been able to promote and put out there. Um, so as far as kind of like my witchy spiritual life, I actually kind of feel good about where I am right now. Um, good. Yeah. So anything else would just kind of be mundane work stuff. I mean, personal goals that I have for my job, my work-life balance, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. and to just continue improving that. But I'll say, you know, this year's better than last year and last year's better than the year before. And the longer that I'm out of retail, the better, <laughs> the better <laughs> things are. Just as far uh-huh. just as far as me liking to wake up in the morning, you know, yeah. when I was in retail, it just it really was a soul sucking gig. And so yeah. I'm kind of still finding out what my life looks like after that as far as just my day to day business work thing. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, one thing I will say that's kind of been at the back of my mind, uh, and I keep meaning to either do a blog post about it or a show, and it just hasn't happened. So just in case it doesn't, um, this is the time of year when a lot of people uh, share a lot of really cute pictures, and Halloween too, share a lot of really cute pictures on social media, or you know, kind of get little witchy businesses and things like that going, and little handmade crafts and things like that. I would just like to just put out there a note as an artist, because I went through this last year. 
please give proper attribution to the artists that you're copying and pasting if you can. And if you can't, please don't share. It's just those, those artists would actually love to get paid or recognized for their work. Um, and I just, it's, I, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at, at, uh, a, a little meme that somebody made last year about my little Befana hat illustration that some, I don't know, witchy startup box company was trying to use as an advertisement for, for their mm-hmm. business without attribution or permission. And so I'm just, I just like to put it out there. This is the time of year when a lot of people share art and share things that they like. And that's cool that you like the art and it's cool that you like the thing. Um, please give attribution. And if you cannot give attribution, if you do not want to take the time to do a reverse Google search, then just realize that that artist would probably be much happier with you just not sharing it. (laughs) Just putting that out there. Personal pet peeve of mine. (laughs) No, I I just, I think this is, you know, especially with everything that's happened um, this year, I think it's important for us as a community to not lose our heads. And, you know, and, and even if it means that, you know, maybe next year, the best thing that we can do is, you know, turn inward, focus, focus on ourselves, focus on on our immediate environment and what we can do to make our lives and the lives of those that we are uh, interacting with um, better um, to to make I know it sounds selfish, but you know we we need to figure out ways to make ourselves happy and to do things that are going to bring fulfillment to us. Because if we are fulfilled, then we can help other people more easily and more. You know that that energy grows. Um, so just a little something to think about. And you know, I've been I've been doing some of this myself and trying to figure out what 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 can I do next year for myself, for my community, for my friends, for my family, um, that will make things better. Well, if you would like to let us know what you plan on doing in the new year to better yourself and better your community and better your practice or better whatever it is, whatever plans you have, incitingbrouhaha at gmail.com. We'd love to hear about it. And maybe if we get a deluge of them, we'll be so inspired maybe we'll get a year of end, uh, an end of your show. Maybe we'll do one. At, at- and it doesn't, I mean, literally, I'm not even lying. One of my things is I want to take tap dancing lessons. Oh, that's like, cute. why? Like, it's not even, it's not even that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be earth shattering stuff. Just something, something that you want to do for you or for your, for your family or for your community. Um, Cause I think if we start thinking that way, maybe, 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 you know, 2017, will be better than 2016, which had a lot of disappointment in it. For a lot of people. Yeah. For a lot of people. Well, David Bowie died. I mean, just that alone, like seriously, I I keep thinking that we're just going to have an Alan Rickman. I'm sorry. I I keep thinking that we're going to have a groundhog day moment and we're all going to wake up and just be like, Oh, this was a bad dream. 2016 was just a bad dream. As long as it's before, Groundhog Day actually is because, you know. No, I just think, stuff, I think December stuff started 30, in January. I think December 31st, we're going to be counting down. And then right as soon as the ball drops, all of a sudden we wake up and Surprise! it's January 1st. It's going to be 2016. Oh, God. As long as it is better the second time. That's just, all I'm saying. I hate. We all get to know everything that happened in this reality. And so we get a chance of the do-over. I, I'm, I am all for this. I, I, 
I just cannot believe that this is reality. 2016 just feels like a surrealist. It does. Dark, twisted. On, on a fantasy. lot of levels. Yeah. yeah. Lots and lots, lots of, and levels. Lots of levels. Although there were some, there were some good things um, personally in, that yeah. happened for, for both of us. So, you in, know. Inciting a brouhaha came back. It, well, yeah. That's the best thing. That's the best thing we can do to try to make the end of 2016. You know, let's bring this year back. Yes. All That's right. That's the most we can do. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else? Oh, you know what I hate? Fake ugly Christmas sweaters. Fake ugly Christmas sweaters or just ugly Christmas sweaters? No, are you talking I, about like like sweatshirts that are pretending they're sweaters? Yeah, I was I was at Target yesterday and they're now I mean they literally now have an ugly Christmas sweater brand. And it's well, just yeah, it's a thing. Stop, but like I don't intention- I don't understand it, but it's a thing. No, the point of the ugly Christmas sweater was like the Christmas sweater that your grandmother made. Like, you know, it Yes, but it became a thing, and then they had to market it, and they had to produce it so that they could make money. Intentionally making ugly Christmas sweaters bothers me. Yes. I'm like, no, no, no. It's it's not in, you sh- intentional badness is not cute. It you should yeah no. No, I'm still gonna buy one, but it's- <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go quite that far. I mean, ugly Christmas sweaters aren't my thing, but you know, there are definitely things that are made bad B movies come to mind. You know, there's something that you know is going to be terrible and you know that the production value is going to suck and the acting is going to be horrible and the music's going to be all wrong and the sound effects are going to sound all like farts and you still make the movie and people, at least some people still find it to be highly entertaining. Sharknado seven. Right. Sure. Avalanche sharks. That's a thing. Oh, Avalanche Sharks is a thing. Yes, it was. It was on Netflix. It was sharks in the avalanche with the ski bunnies. I don't even know how. Oh, yes. I don't even want to. I don't I don't want to know how I don't I don't care. It's an ugly Christmas sweater. That's what it is. It is the ugly Christmas sweater of movies and they still made it and some people still enjoy it. So stop it. Stop intentionally making bad things. It's it should be. It's well, stop them if you if you don't like the fact that target has ugly christmas sweaters and you think that ugly christmas sweaters should not be mass produced then you my dear need to not get one i know you are you are living in a consumer society a capitalist yeah. society the only way to make a statement is with stop your money waste to go back to Christina's so don't question, Katrina's don't question. put your money where you don't want it to go all righty. Okay. I think we've incited all the brouhaha we can incite today. I, I am out. Yes. I'm all out of it. There okay. is no more. Uh, inciting a brouhaha at gmail.com, facebook.com yes. slash eobhaha. Please like, rate, subscribe to the show on iTunes so that um, it, we can get bumped back up there and people can find the show. Of course, the more of you that do that, the, the quicker we're going to reach our bandwidth limit. So just FYI, <laughs> please give to the show. Yes, as but well. we want. Yes. 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 Um, we want okay. that. Okay. Uh, so later, witches. Bye.